You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Everybody, I forgot to mute, unmute myself right at the beginning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ring Post Radio, the only show that celebrates Greek Easter uh, and comes at you live on a Monday morning. You're at work, you're driving to work, you're doing whatever uh, at home, maybe. I don't know. You're working from home or you're unemployed, like this fella right here. Uh, how's everybody doing? I'm your host, Ryan Nightsey, and with me, as always, is the co host with the mo host. I don't know if that works. Scotty Edwards. Scotty, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I know, you know, I don't know how this works for everyone, but I, maybe this is just a Boston thing. So today's Marathon Monday mm-hmm. here in, 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 the, in the great city of Boston, the great state of Massachusetts here. Uh, so, like, for Patriots, hey, hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> like, on Patriots Day, which is, of course, today, we, a lot of us usually have work off, so, like, for us, it's usually an off day. Uh, but if, really? you're, if you're not off and you're joining us here, uh, thank you so much. It's been a long time. I said this to Ryan before the show started. I was like, this may have been the worst possible week for me to have to wait the longest to yeah. get my to get my thoughts and takes out there. This is this is brutal because uh, we recorded last Saturday morning. Correct. And we haven't recorded since. No, last, we, did, we did Friday. Remember, we did last Friday. <gasps> we did last Friday, so that makes it worse. Yeah, that a little, makes little it bit worse. longer. You, oh. know what, you know what shit has happened, folks, that I've wanted to talk about and I haven't been able to? Yeah, I could talk about stardom all the time, but I haven't even got to talk about that yet. No. Uh, but we're here. Yep. There's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a lot of victory laps today. It's going to be great. It's it, We got a big one, folks. We got a big topics uh on deck today uh there's been some news there's been some news a a little news a little little bit of news a little bit of news we're gonna be talking about uh all-star grand queendom i'm gonna preview that show happening on uh next week next sunday or this upcoming sunday Sunday, i should say yep Uh, wait uh programming (laughs) alert that means we're not recording until next sunday night yes that is officially a ring post radio nights day is next sunday so moving the schedule all over the place three weeks in a row uh all the more reason to make sure you subscribe to the podcast version of the show in case you missed the live feed uh in case you missed that definitely so that you're able to check out the podcast version subscribe to ring post radio wherever you get podcasts but that being said oster grand queendom next sunday Next Sunday is also going to be a ring post radio nights, so we can talk about the show afterwards. Um, uh, show ever. Uh, <laughs> Scotty's uh, farewell song. Uh, just like he, he's he, him and Hameka are going to go off in the sunset, holding hands, uh, retiring forever. Uh, I'll be quicker though. <laughs> I'm not having a second retirement match. All, what are you talking about? All 92 episodes of this show have been uh, your retirement road. That's what this show has ultimately it's been. It's true. Hell of a road. <laughs> <laughs> uh we also have on deck for you all today we have uh, impact rebellion the impact show that took place last night their pay-per-view that's the way to excite the people <laughs> uh-huh we have uh very cold ice takes from sakura genesis i thought was a great show uh so what i, I want to make sure we definitely talk about that of course there was other things that happened this weekend uh triple mania happened of course gotta put in triple mania 
Um, Noah had a show as well, and I've heard decent things to okay things from all those places. But uh, you know, I, I was gone. I was in South Carolina this weekend. I, I've had a I've had sickness from pollen. Went to South Carolina, saw a bunch of bands at a music festival, and enjoyed myself and imbibed quite a bit. Um, and yeah, and then you celebrated Greek Easter. So I think we had two equally, uh, fantastic, exciting weekends. I have to imagine. Um, I had a good time. You, what do you, what is the difference between Greek Easter and Easter? Besides be, being Greek. Greek food. I don't know. Bunch of pita. pita. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, uh, for, for me, it's like, we probably, we probably, give a little more celebration to Greek Easter than regular Easter, honestly. Okay. Like, I think that's probably the big difference. Do like, you still... it, it's more like our Easter. Um, I don't really, I don't know like the historic stuff behind it or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that I just, I just show up and eat food, have a good time. Yeah. Eat food. Yeah. As, as most holidays are, I show up, eat food, spend time with my family. It was a good day. It was a good day. It was a long day, but it was a good day. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Uh, that's that's a wonderful occurrence to have time with family, have time with friends, and eat all the pita bread you want. I guess uh, I'm trying to think of any other Greek food to see tzatziki sauce. That you, the only t- Greek food you can think of is pita. Tzatziki. I've been to Greece too. I've been to Greece. I've eaten. I've eaten Grecian food before in Greece. Grecian? I believe that's how I believe that's what it would be. Grecian? It sounds wrong. Grecian? <laughs> Just do hard Greek. G's. Just say Greek. I've eaten Greek food before in Athens. I've been to the Parthenon. I've I've seen Delphi. I've been I've run the tracks tracks of Olympia and I don't know any other Greek food apparently. Um but you know today's today's not the day to discuss that. Today's the day we're going to talk about a bunch of news items we have today. Uh, two shows got announced that I am very intrigued about, uh, one of which was happening, uh, which was announced from New Japan last night, the Collision of Philadelphia show. They announced officially the All-Star Junior Festival USA taking place in the 2300 Arena. It's going to be happening. The date is Saturday, August 19th. Scotty, are you excited about the All-Star Junior Festival coming to America? I am kind of excited okay i thought the first i thought the first one while fun was kind of like whatever um so like gotta be a little careful in my excitement now now if we're bringing you know mystico along and some soberano jr and you know this whole crew of folks from cmll and then we're bringing in you know aw folks and you know stuff like that then, then we're talking impact, then we're talking right? impact people i imagine chris bay austin will probably be there yeah yeah so they like then we're talking but um i think i think the only thing is like just based off of how the first one went i'm like i'm not as excited as if it was all together again for example yeah which is of course happening as well um but it should be a fun show i'm excited to see what they put together um it's so far away unlike the last time we got one of these announced like we got one announced and then it's like it's here at least this time they could take time to make it happen mm-hmm. so uh it's pretty much four months away from today so yeah so we have plenty of time to get to all-star junior festival and speculate and make sure that it's not a tournament of any kind even though i think that would be pretty cool 
but we'll see a bunch of graphics. That'd be fun. We all we always lo- always love seeing the graphics of people popping up. Um, mm-hmm. an- another show that was announced last night via uh, Impact. Speaking of New Japan, of Impact, uh, they officially announced a bunch of their upcoming shows. Impact did, uh, including Slam Anniversary, Bound for Glory. Um, there was something else. You uh, was United Under Siege. That's what's called Against All Odds. Emergence. They announced all this shit. But you know what they did announce? They officially announced Impact X New Japan Multiverse United Two. For whom the bell tolls again in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This show is taking place. Um, did, did they announce a date? I feel like they did announce a date. It's the day after. Yeah, it's the day after in August. So. Definitely, there'll be impact. It's the same building as well, and also to Philadelphia, also in the twenty three hundred arena. So I have to imagine um, that it will be back to back days, and there'll be a lot of impact involvement in the All Star Junior Festival. So you can't wait. You gotta check out the All Star Junior Festival. Ace Austin will probably be there. Chris Bay will probably be there. Who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, uh, Trey Miguel. In- Impact Angel? Wrestling Star Kushida, of course. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Impact Wrestling Star Kushida will be there. Alan Angels, I guess, will be there. I'm trying to think of any other juniors. Speedball. Speed. Uh, is he? Would he be considered a junior? Absolutely. Okay. Well, then perfect. <laughs> well, Speedball might be there. I wouldn't be shocked if he was in the best super juniors. That would be fantastic. Jonathan Gresham. Gresham. You can't tell. You can't tell me he's not a junior. He is a junior. It's just a matter of if we're going to consider him one or not. That's true. Maybe Impact Superstar Kevin Knight. Impact Superstar Yuya Uomura. Thanks. Remain. Yeah, we're going off the rails here. Oh, Impact Superstar Laredo Kid. What are the odds Laredo Kid works a show? I think probably less than zero. Yeah. Yeah, it feels that way. It certainly feels that way. Well, we'll see what happens with that show, with both of those shows. Speaking of new shows coming out, it was not really formally announced, but we're still waiting on that formal announcement. We have more information regarding the upcoming show, AEW Collision, previously reported by Andrew Zarian of the Matman Podcast in March that AEW and Warner Brothers were close to, uh, closing in on a deal to add a third AEW show. Scotty taking a quick sip here. Um, a third AEW show, they announced a tr- there was a trademark filing for AEW Collision. Uh, there was a Saturday TV event scheduled July 8th. Um, so a lot of things coming together. It looks like the show's going to be happening. And then a bomb dropped. A- another bomb dropped on top of that. It looks like not only is AEW Collision going to be, I believe, I believe Dave has said, a two-hour show. Not only has is AEW Collision going to be, you know, looking like it's going to be on Warner Warner TV proper, which is huge, and it's you know an additional hours for television, but this show looks to be the pathway to the return of CM Punk. Whether you like him or you don't like him, whether you're over the uh, brawl out chomp chomp or not, he is coming back. It's looking highly highly probable that he's coming back, and he's coming back. For this show, for AEW Collision, and sort of being a spinoff, there seems to be, according to some reports, that there might be a a, a brand split kind of thing happening. Uh, we don't really know what's officially happening with the show, but it looking like we're going that direction. So get ready, folks. AEW Collision, CM Punk headlining. It's his show. He's trying to make a effing business over here. Uh, CM Punk is back. 
are about to be back. Scotty, uh, I think there can be no other word to say that uh, how excited you are. So the floor is yours, I believe, sir. The floor is yours. How are you feeling about the highly probable return of one chick magnet punk? It was inevitable. Okay, people, like CM Punk, moment... CM Punk lifts the Thanos gauntlet. I am yes, inevitable. Yes, I I am inevitable. Except when I snap, it'll actually work. Um, this this was the as time went on, and Tony Khan did not release this guy from his contract. You had to know it was coming, and you have to understand why it has come. At the end of the day, this is a business. And business means you're trying to make money. You're trying to draw ratings. You're trying to do all that. That is what CM Punk has done. And you'll have people that say, well, you know, towards the end of this run, ratings weren't doing all that well. Well, guess what? They were still doing better than what MJF has done as world champion. That being said, I am happy. You know why I'm happy, Ryan? Why is that? Because I like watching CM Punk wrestle. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. Listen, CM Punk has never done anything to me. And I think that's what a lot of people forget. I, I like I want like you can be upset with what happened, obviously. The elite can be upset with what happened. They were assaulted. At the end of the day, that's what happened. They were assaulted. But CM Punk didn't personally come to your house and take a shit on your porch and run away. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't punch you. He didn't fight you. The amount of people that take CM Punk's existence so personally terrifies me. It's like, wh- why? What? Why is he, why does he bother you so much that you have to talk about it for weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks? He's coming back. He's always been coming back. So just deal with it. And now, if you want to get mad at anyone, don't get mad at the guy that continues to work there because he didn't get released. Get mad at the guy that wouldn't release him. If you want to get mad at someone, they could have cut CM Punk the moment it all happened. But something, something in there, Ryan, as you and me have talked about, Hasn't made that happen, whether it's whether he's an EVP or an official or, or they're an official matter besides just being a wrestler or like you like you, you know, tossed around. Maybe he has some stake in this company one way or the other. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is CM Punk is coming back and he's been coming back for months now. If he was healthy, he would already be back. Just accept that. People. That Chicago show, that should have been your first, oh, it's time. When's the last time they did a Chicago show? It's been a long time. The last time they did a Chicago show, the elite got booed out of the building. Just remember that. that and that was a great oh. match. That was a fantastic match to do, oh, so to do everything. It was so good. Listen, I'm not going to sit here, and I'm not going to say I'm mad that the elite don't want to work with this guy. I'm not. Because I understand what happened to them. I understand the problem. 
But I'm also not going to sit here and act like I'm not amped up that CM Punk is coming back to professional wrestling. Because I don't know if everyone remembers when he was in professional wrestling and the and 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 he was actually wrestling, you know, that first run there before his first injury. It was a great time. It was a great time for AEW. If they're going to go with a brand split or or sorry, a loose brand split where it's not actually a brand split, but it is, and they all have to work on the same day on a pay-per-view anyways, so be it. So be it. I understand why Tony Khan's doing this, and I think a lot of people need to realize this is absolutely partly Warner Media, too. You have to realize this. There's a reason they're giving them a second show, and there's a reason that CM Punk's going to be the headline attraction of that second show because listen getting ratings on a saturday night prime time it's going to be harder than a weekday that's just the facts more people are out and about on saturday nights that's just the truth but if you have a guy on there like a cm punk like a chris jericho you may be talking i'm looking forward to it does that make me a bad person that I'm looking forward to a good pro wrestler wrestling? This is pro wrestling, people. Worse things have happened than the return of CM Punk. There are worse people who have returned to wrestling. It's not even a question. Vince McMahon literally came back. No, I, no I'm not questioning like, that. I, I was like thinking, I was like, yeah, there was. There's a couple. There's people. a lot of worse people. Couple, Listen, couple. you're gonna people are gonna disagree with CM Punk and what he's what he did. I disagree with what CM Punk did. But at the end of the day, I still love CM Punk as a professional wrestler, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see what he does in his return. Yeah, no, it should be exciting. I mean, <clears throat> either there is the fact they're doing, they're potentially doing. Maybe I should say this part of it. Um, so this is quoted from Andrew Zarian as well. Uh, he said on the following on Matt Man podcast uh, on Saturday or yesterday, I believe. Uh, he said that <clears throat> here's what I understand: the show looks to be starting on June 17th in Chicago, a Saturday night show. It's hearing. I'm hearing it's a two hour show from eight to ten on Saturdays. He added, they may be preempted some days. I don't know. That's me interjecting based on how things work. I also believe this is going to be on TNT. Multiple people I spoke to said probably on TNT, so that makes it even harder. Zarian in the past has had like a lot of like Warner Media uh, people that he knows, and it's always typically Warner P- Media people. That's typically what his sources have always been. Um. So yeah, so I don't know. I the the television aspect is also fascinating. It's to do a soft roster split is also very intriguing. I saw Dave mm-hmm. talk about it. Dave Meltzer talk about it and say that uh, you know, it's fascinating to do a soft roster split all while like Ring of Honor is still like. What the hell's happening with this show? <laughs> what what is the roster for Ring of Honor? No one knows. That like people want a hard roster split in, with Ring of Honor, and we're not we don't have that at all. Uh, so I believe Dave questioned the purpose of Ring of Honor at that point. But beyond that, it's very intriguing. Uh, another two hours is huge to have the huge star power like like uh, Dynamite is interesting. Uh, a soft roster split to me is just code for we're gonna have a roster split, but if we need people to boost the ratings of another show we'll put them on it i think there are people that are there are going to be undercard lower card people that are probably going to be flipping flopping all over the place uh this is uh cm punk return 
comes with potentially more money for this company, more money for everybody that works there, more people that can get signed maybe because CM Punk is working there. Uh, not saying he's going to like, you know, sell, sell out Wembley Stadium just, just his announcement alone, but I'm saying that he will bring in bring in revenue for this company. Uh, and not just that, but he's coming along with them another two-hour show with this company, which is more ta- more work for talent to get better faster, a soft roster split, so that if down the line maybe you want to do the Elite versus CM Punk or whatever, then it's even hotter because it's been a long time. We're going to get... Uh, I've heard... I've seen rumors that maybe it would be... Uh, the Collision show will be like CM Punk. Uh, the Collision show will also have... Uh, Jericho, J-A-S, on there as well. Mm. And who the hell knows? I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with that show. I think it's going to be fascinating again to see what Tony Khan does with it, right? I mean, Rampage was never supposed to be a B-show, and I haven't watched Rampage, I'll be honest, Scotty, in the last three weeks. Uh, I've I've been really behind on Rampage viewing. Uh, Ring of Honor... less essential. Yeah, Rampage gets even more less essential. Is Rampage still going to be happening? You know, we discussed this about with the Ring of Honor tapings, right? If you are uh, Tony Khan and you're booking this stuff, how much of this stuff is live? Right now, it's just Dynamite. Is Collision, the belief is that's going to be live? Uh, Are they going to do... You would think so, right? Like, and you would also think... We sort of had this discussion about you can do the Ring of Honor tapings at this collision show and then you can do Rampage and Dark at the, um, you know, at Universal you can do at Dark, but you also use Dark and Rampage on Dynamite, right? And you can do all that stuff. So then you have, you know, three hours of of Dynamite talent versus two hours of a collision talent or whatever. And you get more, more. Either way, it's good all around the board for the show part. CM Punk coming back. I love CM Punk as a wrestler. I think he's a great wrestler. He's obviously a fantastic promo. I would be at least very nervous. He's going to be moving money. He's doing the stuff. The one thing that is always going to be pushing back with the CM Punk return is, is he's not going to change, right? It's been proven he, he's not going to change. It's proven he's not going to do all that stuff. We'll no, we'd keep- be crazy to think otherwise. We were uh, already. We saw what happens uh, if someone <laughs> upsets him. Uh, just one person upsets him, and he'll he'll fly off the handle. Um, so it's interesting to see how that show is going to work. It's interesting mm-hmm. to see how Punk being back in the locker room dynamic is going to work, especially now post brawl out, Chom Chom, because you know you hear the reports of you know. People really respected CM Punk and really loved CM Punk and working with him. A lot of that before Brawl Out. Post Brawl Out, you hear a little bit of that, but you also hear a lot of people being upset by it. How many of those people are now going to have to work with CM Punk on this collision show? You know, how many of those people are like, oh, I don't really want to work with this guy at all? You know, is you're going to have to do a soft brand split based on people's like ability to like CM Punk or ability to work with CM Punk? That I don't know if that's it's a bad idea. If that's a good idea, if that's a bad idea, I don't know. It's an interesting idea. Um, I CM Punk back in the locker room can do good things. It can also be damaging. It has. I mentioned this before in the show. I feel like I mentioned this when the brawl thing happened when we talked about it first. That CM Punk coming back into wrestling is one thing. 
CM Punk and AEW has been like this huge like Pandora's box that once you brought in a star quality person like CM Punk, and then once he's gone, you feel it. Before before he brought was brought in, it was like, oh, this is a great show. Once he got brought in, it became, well, then where's CM Punk? Why, what's happening with him? And now the Pandora box is open. This is going to alleviate, I think, a big elephant in the room. Either firing CM Punk or bringing him back is going to alleviate that. They chose bring him back because that means more money. We can have a whole nother show and sell that show to TNT. It's... It's a smart money move, and I'm not going to blame Tony Khan for doing that. Hopefully, hopefully his run can last longer. Hopefully he doesn't get anyone mad. But if he does, I guess they'll just become members of the Dynamite roster. I don't know. I think him coming back is a good idea. I'm just still going to be concerned because you don't want it. I don't know. If, he, if this happens again, you got to fire him. You know, if another thing happens, you got you to gotta let the guy go. So there needs to be concern. I'll start. I'll I'll, I'll say that obviously it needs to be addressed. That that's the biggest yeah. elephant in the locker room. Like, I think, I think right now we're at the point where it's the elite as one show, Punk is the other, and it's funny that it is that way because the whole conversation for the longest time has been like, which would you rather pick? And and Tony said, well. <laughs> I I'll pick both. Um, <laughs> if I can I'll have do, both, why not both? Yeah, I'll do two shows and I'll call it a day. It's going to be interesting to see how they do it, obviously. But but I think I think something to remember here, or or to maybe maybe make some people feel better about it all mm-hmm. is when CM Punk first came back. He everything was great that he was doing, obviously. But what he did so well is that he was the staple for Rampage for like the first couple months. Everything CM Punk was doing was on Rampage. It wasn't even on Dynamite. Yeah, he had promos on Dynamite once in a while, but all his matches were on Rampage, and it made Rampage must-watch. Yeah. Right? We're talking about here how Rampage is no longer even close to that. It's mostly skippable. Um There'll be like one good match once in a while, and that that'll make you go out of your way. But and, and what Rampage other... does is like build up promos and histories and drama for people that then they eventually move to Dynamite. You know they set yeah, their and stuff there. it's a problem because then no one sees the promos because no one's watching Rampage anymore. Um, Rampage is essentially dark on TV. Uh, that's what it really is: dark elevation, whichever one you want to call it. Um, and. and but back to the punk thing, what what he did so well was he made the rampages worth watching. And now that he is coming back, likely for this Saturday show, this rumored Saturday show, he's gonna have a chance to show what he's all about all again. And you know, some people may be proven right in the end. The people that have doubts against him coming back just from a business standpoint, you know, fans have said, Well, maybe he wasn't all that worth it. And you know, I mean, based off the brawl out stuff, maybe obviously that was not worth it and all the backlash sure. from that. Sure. But in the complete business sense, you know, people still do doubt him somehow, even though he's proven to be the merch guy and, the and you know, sell tickets and all that. I think bringing him back, if, if, if you could figure out the way to control it, 
at least for a while is worth it. And I've said that. I said that when we got into this. I say now, you gotta try, because I think then this there's a scenario here where it comes back on Tony, where he's saying to himself, "Man, what if?" Right? You gotta try, because let's be honest, folks. If there is a day that we get to that point where the elite want to work or are willing to work with CM Punk, money is going to be made. Big yeah. money is going to be made. Yeah. And that's just the fact. Because I do think there will be, this is pro wrestling, folks. There will be a day, as long as CM Punk sticks around long enough, that that happens. I just, I have a tough time seeing otherwise. Um, there Now, the logistics of who goes on what show and stuff like that, that's a big problem. And, you know, you probably won't have your world champion on the Saturday show. But listen, MJF isn't even on the, wednesday show so like what do you what do you want he is on the show now a lot but there was a good time there when he first won the title that it felt like he was on the show every few weeks um i think i think it'll be interesting part for us right you know it's funny the wwe draft is coming up in a few weeks and it's almost like we should be doing a dynamite collision draft yeah in a lot of ways and kind of designing what makes sense here and here uh you put probably an international champion on one tnt champion on the other Mm -hmm. stuff like that to change them up obviously in terms of the women's you could put tbs on one and and uh the aw world title on another it's not like the tbs is ever on tv anyways yeah um unless it's rampage but 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 it's going to be interesting. Listen, folks, the, the first feud is going to be CM Punk and Chris Jericho. That's just the facts. Like, everyone, it's reporting. It's happening. And you know why? Do you remember the big stadium they're trying to sell out? Ooh, maybe. I'm one of the top 15 biggest stadiums in the world, maybe. Yeah. Who are your two biggest names? Ooh, it's going to be Nakazawa and Cutler. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It's probably CM Punk, probably Chris Jericho. Yeah. Uh, it's arguable, obviously. You know, this day and age, who's the bigger names? But those are the biggest names, uh, historically at least, besides Sting. Um, yeah. No, that you have at your disposal. It, I also want to bring up the point you brought up earlier ago about those pay-per-views, right? About... It seems like, I don't know, do you get the sense, well, first off, I'm about to start another tangent. Um, You brought the idea of like, oh, they only see each other every couple pay-per-views. I'm guessing we're not getting more pay-per-views. It sounds like it's probably just going to be still the five, six, seven, however many pay-per-views they are at this point, uh, uh, a year. Uh, And then, you know, they do the separate shows, they're doing the separate lives, and then they come together for this one uh, pay-per-view uh, event, yeah. which would make sense, which would make sense to do. And that way you can sell out maybe more pay-per-view tickets. You don't want, cause you also don't necessarily want to create. I think it's a good idea for Tony to create the competition in the television ratings. Mm. We know how much people love the war of television ratings. We know everybody loves that. So having I mean, a war there, you don't want a war in pay-per-view buys. That's that's right. a whole nother. You don't want that. Just have them all on one show and sell that one. Have them fight between television ratings. I yeah, think that's if better. They, if, 
listen, I think this is the most important, one of the most important part. If they can't come together for one show every few months, then you should, then clearly you shouldn't be doing this in the first place. Like if they can't come together to do one show every two or three months and have nothing to do with each other, except that they are on the same show, then, then clearly there's bigger problems here. Um, It'll be interesting because, you know, I do think that this can work. I think it can. And I I think I th- I truthfully think if if there was always the plan to bring back CM Punk no matter what, this is about as good of a plan as you can do to kick it off. Yeah, I think I agree. Now. Because it, really? it's not just the return of CM Punk to the AEW like d- locker room. It is uh, comes with a two-hour television show where people can work more. Yeah, and and half of the pro- so not half because the then if part if, of the problem. if Punk is gone, you already sold the TV show to TNT. You have the TV show now. If Punk leaves, then great, you still have the TV show. You're gonna make money. And listen, there is a lot of AEW content now. A lot. This is going to be overload. This is now this is now going to be WWE levels of content per week. That's two two-hour shows, one one-hour show, two YouTube shows, which, by the way, you can get rid of one at any time, mm-hmm. and Ring of Honor. That's a lot of wrestling. They, they literally have SmackDown, Raw, NXT, Superstars, Main Event, Anything else you could think of, like they are gonna have that in their own version. But that being said, Ryan, we we have sat here on this show and we have talked about how AEW does not have enough time for all the talented wrestlers that they have. Yeah, and and they're only gonna keep bringing more in. Yep, that's the thing. Yep, there are new prospects every day. Nick Wayne is finally showing up in this company soon, folks. There's things like that that are happening. So a second a second show of meaning because rampage isn't a show of meaning it is a show of let's just put some people on here. Poor swerve has been relegated to rampage for like months now. Yep. He's now show- I can, yeah, he's showing up last Wednesday. He's, he's finally, he he's finally cracking finally. out of that cage, but now I can actually w- see him probably on a real show that is worth my time. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, rampage is going to be, more diminished to like i mean it's already sort of comparing itself to like nxt in terms of ratings but it's already going to become like i i'm already skipping the show on uh, not on purpose it's going to start becoming actively skipping the show unless rampage gets way more exciting um it's on at 10 p.m and taped i can't i can't explain to you people how unbearable that combination is (laughs) yeah it's not good it's not a good spot. It's not a good time slot. And even like then, Saturday eight to ten is decent, but it's going to be preempted a lot. Uh, it's not good. And you know, even then, if it's Saturday at eight, does that mean all pay per views moving forward are Sundays? Are we are we going to talk about that? I mean, that's. I think that would officially say that yes. That's my interpretation. But during football season, he doesn't like to run Sundays. Well. You're going to run during your TV slot that you have? Maybe he just doesn't do TV. Unless the TV spot gets preempted to Sunday or Friday or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, that's going to create a lot of issues, I think. I think that's the confusing part about this. I also, the other tangent I was going to bring up was, 
you know, you, you have the line of CM Punk is trying to run a fucking business. You have the line of, you know, why maybe there's some legal issues of why you can't really fire CM Punk and then there's this whole other aspect to it. And I, I was thinking about that. Do you think, so we know that, you know, Kenny, the elite, Young Bucks, EVPs. Is CM Punk also an EVP? Makes you think. Makes you think. A lot of the things, they, <laughs> like, and, and then coming back for a TV show that we're calling The Punk Show, is he also maybe formally going to run it? Like, is it going to be also his show? He has to be something. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and I say that in that no one has as much hands. Like, I understand Tony Khan likes him, and Look, I like CM Punk too. I I like a guy that made me a ton of money as well. Yeah. Um, but CM Punk had so much kind of control in a lot of ways that it almost makes you think that he has to have a spot. Otherwise, this is Tony Khan listening to a professional wrestler at all times, kind of book his way. Yeah, and that just doesn't happen, right? Well, I mean, there's it, there's Jericho, but even Jericho has has limits. Yeah, Jericho does have limits. Um, Jericho also, by the way, to to little go off a little here. Go off. Jericho is the smartest guy in the building. Despite the problems he and CM Punk have had, he is willing to go sit down and make this happen because money, because money, ratings. That's what Chris Jericho has always done well. You don't have to like Chris Jericho. But he is smart. If if no one else wants to go work with the, the big money draw and be the big money main event first with CM Punk, he will happily take that because he is part of the group that were against CM Punk during this time. So why wouldn't he step up if no one else wants to? If the elite don't want to right now, and I think I think letting the elite idea simmer is actually a better idea, truthfully. Agreed. Not going right to it. I think that's a little more interesting. Uh, because it's it'll be the inevitable when they go face to face that it's like, oh my god. Yeah. Um you know, Moxie's not gonna do it. I I I would probably truthfully I think Moxie's less likely than the elite at times. Uh, just because of how I heard Moxley talk about the whole situation. Though I think he would do business eventually too. I, I well, I do think he will be able to do business because he did business when he didn't have a contract of CM Punk before, you know? This is very true. This is very true. Um, and, and but I just wanted to you know say Jericho is very smart, and if you don't like that being the first feud, well, someone else could have said yes. But Jer- there's few people bigger than Jericho in the company. Anyways, back to what you're saying. Oh, good. I was also going to say that. Uh, how do you also feel? Kind of what you're talking about there about you know people working, work coming to the table and working with him. There's also been stoking of the flames of the culture war of elite versus punk slash FTR um, from a lot of different parties in that group, mainly uh, one bolded man um, that a lot of like the conversation has become, Oh, CM Punk wants to work with the elite, but it's up to the elite to do it and put about throwing the ball back to the elites uh, end of the court. Uh, how do you, how do you read all that stuff? Do you do you think there is prevalence there? Do you think it's accurate to be like, oh yeah, oh the elite just have to do all this stuff. The elites are the one not coming to the table or whatever. Like you, like we're saying, 
We could see Moxley working with Punk. He's done in the past without a contract. We could see Jericho working with Punk because the guy likes money, and it looks like he might go down that pipeline. Do we ever think, like, do we think fully that, oh, yeah, Punk's ready to work with the Elite, and the Elite are just, the guys are like, oh, I don't want to work with this guy anymore. You know, what what do you think's happening with that? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, I I think... I think we're at a point right now between the the elite side, CM Punk side, and listen, there's probably still stuff we don't fully know. Truthfully, like only so much has come out about brawl out and the aftermath. But I do think it comes down to probably the elite not even wanting to sit down with this guy and talk. Right? That that's part of why the Jericho thing is working because they're sitting down and talking. I think at the end of the day, CM Punk can't get the elite to sit down and chat right now. And I think that's that's why we're not and and that's fine. Again, I want to stress, I understand why that's not possible right now. Because of what happened and because what these two have had to go what the those three had to go through, right? They they lost part parts of their career. Kenny had just come back and then he missed a bunch of months and the young bucks missed a bunch of time. Like I get it why you wouldn't want to sit down about it right now. It's still fresh. It hasn't even been a year yet. It hasn't even been close to a year yet. And hell, we've been hearing about it since the moment it happened. It hasn't stopped. So I get it. I think that's what it comes down to. It does come down to CM Punk can apologize through as many windows as he may want or as many, but until they are face to face and there is an apology, it's not going to work. And that comes from the elite wanting to sit down and talk with him. Cause I, I think CM Punk by the sounds of that's what he wants to do. And this isn't me calling CM Punk the good guy. It's me saying he's probably trying to do business because he's not dumb. He knows what this means, but at the end of the day, there was legal action and whatnot. Why would the young bucks want to walk right back into that either? Do we know if CM Punk wants to come to the table to apologize or does he just want oh, to come? Don't. We don't know that, but I think that, he has to be smart enough to know he has to. I I, I haven't seen that phrasing around of he wants to come to the table to apologize to the elite. I've only seen, oh, I want to work with them. I just need to talk to them first. I, I wonder if CM Punk is like, oh, I want to come to the table so that they can apologize to me. And I'm like, I'm like, is that probable i could see cm punk thinking that you know with the whole adam page stuff i like to think we aren't we aren't that insane oh oh, no i agree i I agree i i I like to think better of people than that but i also you know with the whole adam page stuff it is like i don't know i i could see him being like oh yeah when it comes to the table work with these guys they just have to apologize to me first and it's like well hold on guys hold on man i I mean i think the hangman page part's actually the most interesting Mm -hmm. truthfully because like Punk and Elite, the Elite can eventually make it work. Punk and Jericho punching Moxley. Punk and Hangman ain't ain't working. That just is never going to work. Mm-hmm. It's not. Punk did not like Hangman. And, and by virtue, Hangman can... No reason to like CM Punk. Absolutely zero. This guy literally said, yeah, get the title off of him and give it to me. Like, that is what happened. So, like, that aspect of it all, and I think that is probably playing into the Elite's decision as well. It's like, the Hangman is their friend. Yeah. Their guy, right? And and 
they're not just going to go back. I think that I think it will come down to kind of like a group decision. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if CM Punk wants to go sit down and say sorry. I don't. I don't know that. I'm not in the ear of CM Punk, and I don't think anyone, even if they are, fully knows what CM Punk is thinking. The only person that knows what CM Punk is fully thinking is CM Punk. Mm. That that is it. FTR can say what they want. All these sheets can say what they want. At the end of the day. What CM Punk wants is all in his head, and he's going to try to get whatever that may be. Um, but overall, this can work. Instead of doing, you know, when we do the mock drafts for Collision and uh, uh, not Rampage, Jesus Christ, uh, a Dynamite, we'll uh, we'll 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 start, you know, with the Elite and uh, Blackpool Combat Club on one side, and we'll start with the uh, you know, CMFTR and JAS on the other. And then I'll be building from there. And I that's really two good starting points at the end of the day for both shows. I totally agree. And I also like the idea of like going what we already talked about before is that doing like the Ring of Honor tapings during the punk collision show so that, you know, maybe punk also has some thoughts about Ring of Honor. You know, I think there's something about that that also I think makes sense. But yeah, CM Punk, I think there's no better way to say it than CM Punk is going to do whatever CM Punk wants to do. Uh, and we don't, and no one knows what that is. Maybe we'll find out one day. Coming back, yeah, he will be on that Wembley show. Yeah, I would think so. And we'll we'll see how much further we go from there. I mean, it's all very interesting to me. At the like, there's a lot of people in that in that backstage that don't like him, that are obviously a little open that they don't like him as well. Um. Jungle Boy, for example. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So like, it'll, it'll be interesting how, for me, like a lot of the interest now is how they split the roster, who goes where, what happens. Yeah. But I think anyone that Punk has ever worked for or, or worked with to try to raise up, say, a Powerhouse Hobbs, a Ricky Starks, who, where does MJF go? That's a fascinating I, thought. I honestly don't think mjf likes cm punk yeah you have to remember what see mjf walks back in the door and all the attention is taken off of mjf god (laughs) when did when did that happen it feels like that happened to wardlow at one point (laughs) where all the where the the spotlight's supposed to be on him and then uh all of a sudden it is funny that way isn't it uh karma baby um mjf didn't get ruined yeah wardlow couldn't be more ruined if he tried well, he broke a car. That that helps. Maybe, maybe that he, that kind of helps. Yeah, I, I heard he's Wardlow Strowman. I heard someone say that they didn't make it didn't make any sense why that was. You know, they're like, there's no reason for Wardlow to do this stuff. It makes no sense in kayfabe. And I was just like, well, the, the story started with his car getting broken into. <laughs> so yeah, that actually was, does uh, work. That was pretty easy. It's a pretty easy connect. Um, let's talk about stardom. Let's talk about All Star Grand Queen Grand Queendom. Sorry, Grand Queendom. I'll not. I'm not gonna say Dream Queendom once this hey, we episode. Got th- we got through CM Punk pretty quick, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. It's almost well an because hour. there's just gonna be more every week moving forward until he walks back in the door. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Let's not spend all of our time on CM Punk because many more CM Punk topic points to be had. All Star Grand Queendom. It is the big show happening this Sunday, April 23rd. Uh, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff on this card. Some great matches, some uh, some dream matches, if you will. 
uh, a retirement show, you know, retirement matches in there. A lot of big stuff happening here. Let's let's go. What are your overall thoughts, maybe first, Scotty, on All Star Grand Kingdom, and then we'll go so sort of uh, as much as we can, uh, match by match. This is the biggest women's professional wrestling show in decades, and I'll go a step further. It is the biggest women's professional wrestling show in in the in the 21st century that's just wow that's not me sugar like that is the truth eat your heart out evolution no anyone that brings up evolution is delusional that was a show for pr purposes okay yeah get out of here that that doesn't even come close this is for those who don't for those who may know all japan did uh not all, all japan women's did a show called Dream Slam, where it brought all the best Joshi wrestlers together, best women's wrestlers in the world together. This is the closest we will ever get to Dream Slam. This is the new Dream Slam. There is a reason this this show means so much. Like, out of all the wrestling shows this year that we've seen, and we've seen a lot of great wrestling shows so far, this this in the Keiji Muto retirement show in terms of history, yeah, the, it's like the closest thing to history we're gonna get. The Muto show, for obvious reasons, that was the end of an era in many ways, and the change, the really the changing of the guard in, in Japan for professional wrestling. But this is a big moment for women's wrestling, for Joshi wrestling, and I came to the realization the other day, like we've watched women's wrestling become really prominent in the past decade or so. Right. Yeah. And they, in, in where that has happened, of course, a lot in America, thanks to WWE and stuff like that. And them finally giving a shit. But I, I, I was sitting here looking at this car as, as, like, as much as a shit that WWE can, can give. But I was sitting at, I was looking at this card and the realization that, one of, if not the top reasons women's wrestling became so prominent is on this show mm-hmm. should speak volumes. One of she is, I would say, on this show, the biggest women's American wrestler, maybe women's wrestler to have been developed in the past century, you know, in the past century, in the yeah. past like decade, you know, in the past two decades or two. Yeah, and she is on this show. Like that's listen, this show is gonna be a big show for women's wrestling and Joshi overall. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. But the addition of Mercedes Monet should tell everyone how truly big and important this is. And like evolution doesn't come close. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Like this is real this is a really important show. And it's the biggest stardom show ever. It's being called that for a reason. It's the biggest Joshi show in a very long time. I hope, I hope everyone watches it. This is going to be the most eyes stardom will ever have on it as a stardom only show. Yeah. At the, so it'll, it'll be interesting, but this is, uh, I, I, I have decided I will never be more excited for professional wrestling. That I will on Sunday. Like this is the peak for me. It's done. It's over here. The dr- I'm getting my one dream match I'll ever ask for. After that, all downhill from there. 
everything else will just never live up to it. And that's a little scary. But hey, I just talked about CM Punk come back for an hour and a half. So you never know. You got right? you, you never got, know. You got something you there's something worth uh covering in the future. So uh <laughs> with CM Punk's return. So maybe we'll see how the retirement story goes for old Scotty. Um yeah, no, it's a big show. It's a big time show. Uh Mercedes being here in her first ever stardom uh pay-per-view is gonna be is huge. Uh I can't wait to see I haven't seen it yet, but I'm wondering when the uh Sasha stance and everything like that are gonna start like really dogging on stardom for not having like a subscription service to subscribe to and have to figure out how to buy the pay-per-view. Like that is going to like, like destroy people and just be like, I'm not watching this, screw this. You know, uh, that's going to destroy people. And I can't wait to see that. I think that's going to be fun. But, uh, you know, it's a big show. Mercedes being on the show is huge. I think the world title match is a pretty big match as well. I think the Wonder of Stardom has gotten weaker, but we'll get to that. Uh, But there's some stuff on here that's still very, very good. And I'm excited to talk about it. So let's start off. We'll just blow through the Yokohama Rumble match. There's a little bit of Rambo here. Uh, so that's fun. <laughs> Any, do you have no thoughts on the Rambo? I have to imagine. Uh, no, you'll get Joshi Legends. So yeah, you already have Momo Nakanishi in it. That's it, though. You only have one person. Yeah, so, so uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, no thoughts. Uh, tag team match as well. Hazuki and uh, Fuwa Chan, the YouTube celebrity in Japan, versus oh, wait, hold on. Fuwa Chan's part of stars. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, she is, but she is now. Interesting. Versus Queen's Quest, Utama Hayashishida, and Miyu Amasaki. Uh, looks like Miyu is going to be eating that fall. Any thoughts about Fu-chan coming back and wrestling in stardom? Well, last time Fu wrestled, Hina and Saya Kamatani beat her and Hazuki. Um, I think Fu wins if she's going to wrestle a little bit more. But, like, I-, I will say this. People need to understand how big she is yeah. in Japan. Like, this is a woman who's over, like, everything. Like, she's on everything. Like, she's on a bunch of TV shows. Her face is, like, on ads and stuff. She is a gigantic deal. So the fact that she's on this show, again, is a gigantic deal. And the fact we'll get to see it this time. Last time, you know, they they, uh, did it before the show went live because it was saved for like the special TV show in Japan where mm-hmm. they would show her debut. They got Keiji Muto for it. Like they, they got the, they did this whole thing for it. Uh, it's a big deal. Even if it's not as big a deal to people internationally, it's a huge deal nationally. So that the fact that they have her on there will only help them in the long run. Yeah. I, I will see what happens with that. Well, also, oh, she's really good. I'm excited. I'm excited to see celebrity her. rookie wrestler who has one match to her name <laughs> the the logan paul of jersey wrestling apparently uh pretty much <laughs> pretty much eight woman tag team match uh club venus mariah may xena and jesse new member jesse you may remember her, remember her jesse alaban from uh nxt back in the day uh and tecla is joining them as well here sorry tecla versus ruaka uh, Momo Watanabe, Natsuko Tora, and Saki Kashima. Yeah, if you want to hear my nerdy thoughts about this match, you can always listen to my other shows. I'm not going to give you too much here. <laughs> I'm going to save you all some time. Um, 
I mean, Club Venus is obviously their own faction now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that the Tekla part may have them lose because Tekla doesn't like them. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it'll be a fine little match here. It's a way to, it's it's the last way to get everyone on the show without putting everyone in the rumble. So yeah, it's it, classic stardom fashion. Everyone has to be on the show in some variety. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm interested. Zena, I, I I think she's pretty decent. Mariah May is definitely coming to her own here. Jesse, I think still remains to be seen in stardom, but I've seen one match from Jesse so far. Mm-hmm. She has something, something that I certainly did not see in NXT. Yeah. Um, like she's, she's obviously kind of like bigger than everyone else. Cause she's wicked tall. Well, didn't they team um, her? Didn't they like pair her up with like Saya Ida? Who's like incredibly tiny. So just make that even more prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the pay-per-view the other day, I think that's who she wrestled. Um, was it Saya? Momo Kogo. It was her and Momo Kogo. I mean, Momo Kogo was also very small too. So. Yeah. And they like worked pretty well together. She did, she did some Haas things well. So I was like, all right, this is, this is why we hold off. If if you're going to get the, if someone's going to get the best out of you, Stardom will help that. Mm-hmm. As we've seen with like Mariah May, Mariah May's obviously been like the main standout of terms in terms of that. But yeah, she has something that I definitely never saw. So that's cool. Good to see. Tag team match, Starlight Kid and May Sierra uh, versus Azume and May Suruga. This should start the main card. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people that don't know who May Sierra is. I'm one of them. Former, formerly Meiho Shizuki of Marvelous. She is phenomenal. Like, she is... Azumi levels of high speed wrestler. That's how good she was. Now she hasn't wrestled since 2021. Ooh. So we'll have to wait and see what, what she's all about. But this she not only will she be the next high speed champion, folks, she's probably gonna win here. She's probably gonna get a win over Azumi, I think. And then that's how you lead to that match. But this should be great. This is gonna be high speed greatness. This is the exact type of match you wanna put on this show. Mm-hmm. Um they there was this tag that three of these four did. So take out May uh, Saruga, put in Mio Momono of Marvelous. They did that tag on a Marvelous show. It was excellent. Yeah. I expect this to be excellent as well. This is this should go seven, eight minutes, full nonstop, because it's so different from every other sh- match on the card. And let's just make the match, well, let's just make it Lucha Rules, baby. Let's just have them flying in and out. Yeah, no tags. No, no tags. Just, just go nuts. Just go. Just go. Go, 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 go. That's all I want to see. And May Saruga. I love May Saruga. I think she's been getting way better. I, I love seeing her uh, in the high speed. It was an Azume high speed title match that she had. Yeah. Wow, so good. That. So, so good. So I'm excited. To she's see so creative. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she does things that no one else does because of like the places she wrestles. Like anyone that's ever seen Gato move or like their Choco Choco Pro series that they've done. Yep. You know, in the in COVID. Like you you may watch that and be like, all right, this isn't this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. But like her wrestling in that little venue has made her such a better wrestler. Right? Like I remember when she did the when she ran into the post yep. against Azami and leaped off of it. I was like, yeah, no one just learned that. No. Like she she jumping off the damn wall in that little that little building 
is what got her to do that, mm-hmm. and it's great. Yeah. So yeah, her being on this made me really happy. Uh, this is the Hameka retirement match. Hameka versus Micah. Uh, all roads lead to here. The tag team is exploding to face off one last time together. Uh, I mean, you have to think. Uh, I have to think Micah's winning, right? Uh, Micah's winning, or they're going to a draw. There's no. Uh, there's no. Hameka winning. <laughs> no. no, no, no. She doesn't need to. She's leaving. She's leaving the territory forever. Um, or she's wrestling her last stardom. I mean, the Wikipedia entry, which I think is very funny, says this will be Hameka's uh, stardom retirement match. Uh, you know, it's very interesting to me to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's... Uh... Well, she has another match after this. I was about to say, I was like, oh, yeah, she has another match. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, I think Hameka has sort of been... She's star- I feel like she's been starting to... She's turned it on a little she's bit. Turning, yeah, she's starting to turn it on a little bit. Uh, yeah. I, I was a little very critical happy to see. in the early going of the retirement road. I was like, oh, man, we're, we've uh, we've turned off the gas. Yes. And, and she's turned the gas back on. Yeah. And now she's going to use nice. the rest of it. She's going to go to empty probably on this one. Yeah, too bad. Too bad the poor the poor girl has been dropped on her head like seven different ways now. So it's like she had no choice. Like her match with Julia, which was really good a few weeks ago. Julia headbutter, of course. And it's like, all right, that's mean. And then at the uh, Cinderella finals, Tam dropped her square on her head uh, to win the match, and Chihiro Hashimoto also dropped her on her head. So uh, she has no choice but to wake up because she is getting brutally assaulted. Um, but no, this should this should be really good. Um, you know, it's funny. I I haven't really. I I was never like you know. I, I like to make it, but I was never like her biggest fan or anything like a lot of people are, but the emotions are starting to kick in now a little bit. Like, it's like, Oh, this is, this is pretty sad. Like one of the original five from DDM is now leaving. And I think seeing everyone else react to her leaving is more of the emotional part for me. Like seeing Micah kind of react that that'll probably get me a little bit on Sunday more than anything else. But, uh, Hey, it's good. It was. It's been a good run for Hameka. And if, if everyone wants to learn a bit, a little bit more about Hameka's uh, run, you can check out Stardom Road on Tuesday, as me and Trent did a full episode on the career of Hameka. So, cheap plug, baby. Thank you, cheap plug for the win. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see this. I I'm in the same boat where it's like I hadn't didn't really have like a full on connection with Hameka. I wasn't necessarily emotionally invested in what she was doing per se all the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, retirement is always sad to see. Um, sometimes good to see, I guess, if if it's someone this young or retiring early, versus KG Muto is retiring with no knees at all. Um, I I'm interested to see what happens with her. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens going forward with her. If she'll ever, maybe she'll ever unretire. Who knows? But I'm excited. I, I you know, Micah needs this win. I think, and Micah needs a push. So I'm gonna keep saying. Uh, goddesses, goddess of stardom title match, Nanai Takahashi and you versus the new eras, Mirai and Ami Saray. Um, before we talk about this tag title match, she of course was the winner, back to back winner of the Cinderella tournament this past weekend, um, where she officially won the tournament. Uh, she said, if I'm not mistaken, she said she was going to wait to see who wins these titles um tonight to then challenge so we'll 
we'll see what happens there. But for right now, she is challenging again for the tag titles here uh, against Naya Takahashi and you. I think this should be. Uh, I win again. Oh, hold on. He's winning again. I won. To me, there was only one choice to win the Cinderella. We're going back to back. You know, going back to back at Cinderella, that's that's kind of my favorite type thing. It's it's only been t- done twice. One by Mayu Yutani, and now the second time by Mirai. Um, obviously, I am ecstatic that she won. Um, in terms of this title match, this, I'm not even going to say should be, this will be the best tag team match that Mirai and Amisuri have. I fully believe that. I can believe They that have too. been... They've been a duo that have been rocky, to say the least, because I think I've seen Mariah work better with both Shuri and Tomoka Inaba mm-hmm. in her time as tag team. I think her and Ami Saray have been trying to figure it out because they're both similar but very different in that um, they're they're kind of powerhouse wrestlers, but it, it's I always think it's harder for Ami Saray to stand out in my opinion, and that's just been the way it has been since really the start. Um, But I think I think this will be the match that they really connect all the dots of the team because 7-Up has been so good. Yeah, I think giving her the future Stardom title has helped. Um, have helped her stand out a little bit more. But it's tough because you're standing right next to her, right next to Mirai, who is actively constantly being pushed and they obviously see something in her and she will win some sort of title down the line. Yeah. Um, I also think she's much better. Oh yeah. 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 Like creatively. Like I, I don't think any, many are more creative, but yeah, it's not even close. Yeah. It's a tough spot for Ami Saray to be in, but I think, you know, she's also in a tag team match here. Um, I think Mariah is going to do great. And then I Takahashi and you, I love you. I think you is really good. And uh, I'm excited to see what they can do here. It's going to be hard hitting. That's for sure. <laughs> that That is think, known for sure. I think you might be like, she's like top wrestler, top woman wrestler this year. One of the top Ooh. few. Uh, she's been, she's been excellent everywhere she's been. She, uh, she's really killing it in stardom. Never did I, not that I never think she would be here, but the fact that she's been as dominant like she's if 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 she is wrestling with Nanai, it's Nanai taking the fall rather than her, and I think that's interesting. But yeah, this should this should be really good. I think this will be like the dark horse type match of like people look at it and they're like, ah, whatever. I think it'll stand out by the end of the night as like, oh, that was that was even great. Yeah. Do you think we're getting a title switch here? I do. I do. Um I think if we don't, then I don't know who beats 7-Up unless they go back to Meltier um, because I don't think anyone really makes as much sense, nor is there someone like... There's no one that jumps out necessarily either unless, unless they were to give it back to Aphrodite um, if Saya were to lose the belts. Yeah. I mean the belt. Yeah. That's the only maybe other direction but i think i think you want to put someone over utami inside definitely don't need that i i don't know if we'll see a title change personally i think the fact that ami has the future of stardom and mariah just went to cinderella 
I mean, you don't necessarily want Cinderella, you know, Mariah losing. So it'd be like, I guess it would be Ami Saray getting pinned in that sense. But even then, that seems weird. So I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily know if that's going to be, it's going to be an interesting one. If, I don't know how many titles will actually change on this show. Like, there is a reality where actually none do. Yeah. There's certainly, I think there are, at best, two or three that could change. Yeah, I'm at two, like, confidently, and then this one's the the bridged one. Mm. It's like, I could see it go either way because, I don't know, just kind of how 7-Up matches have gone. Yeah. And and it's not like the new errors are, like, the clear top dogs to replace them, so that's also why. But, yeah, it's, it's an interesting show. Uh, the artist of Stardom title matches, uh, Prominence uh, versus Restart. Uh, the team of Kairi Natsupoi and the returning Sayori Anu. Anu. Yep, is Sayori healthy? I thought I saw somewhere that saying that she is injured. Yeah, so she hurt her arm um, and had to pull herself off of the Sendai Girl show um, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said she doesn't have any structural damage or anything, so she should be back soon. I think it's a precaution. More than anything, um, for anyone that doesn't know, like we've seen Suzu Suzuki, for example, take herself off of cards and be on the stardom cards, say the next week or something, because at the end of the day, bigger paychecks and whatnot. Um, that's just the truth. So I think that's what it's probably more of. I think they would have made a call by now if she wasn't going to make it. And not only that, I mean, she joined Cosmic Angels literally this past weekend. So like they yeah. they have officially gone all in with Sayori Anu. This match is gonna be bold. This could be. I wouldn't be shocked if this was some people's match of the night when the show's all said and done. There's a lot of great talent here. You have Kyrie and Suzu Suzuki going head to head for the first time ever. You have Natsupoi's obviously fantastic. Risa Sarah's fantastic. Sayori Anu is fantastic. Kurumi Haragi, who has really stepped up. Uh, since they've won these belts. This should be great. And this is kind of where I see a title change happening. Um, I think they kind of want to go full in with Restart, which is their the trio's name. That being said, though, if they don't win, Prominence's unbelievable dominance continues. Natsupoi can always get pinned. That's what I will say. Natsupoi is the one that can get pinned on that team. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of... Do they want to crown them or not? And I, I think they do. I think they do now that Sayori's around. But um, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I they can wait for them. Tam, too, if they want. Yeah, I, I think that's the interesting part of it all. Uh, singles match here. Special singles match here. Uh, Big Hash uh, versus Shuri. I mean, what more to say? This match is going to be heavy hitting. It's going to be suplex flung in it's gonna be it's gonna be great i'm very excited about this match i i cannot wait i mean this isn't like my most anticipated match of the night but this is definitely like i just want to sit here and just be like yeah baby let's get a a big hosh vader over here and uh take on uh, shuri and I, i can't wait to see it we got winner by knockout submission referee stoppage they they said how do we change this match 
Yeah. And they said, all right, we're just going to kill each other. And that's how, that's how the match ends. It's perfect. It's perfect. It should be, it should be excellent. And when you, sure, you will probably win, mm-hmm. but we win, folks. We win. Yeah. This is a big old we win match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm very excited for it. Um, a match that I know is probably going to be the match of the night. There's a very good chance it's the match of the night. There's a very good chance that's the match of the year. There's a very good chance that Scotty is going to cry uh, the beginning of this match. Let's talk about it. IWGP Women's Championship match. Mercedes Monet versus Mayu Iwatani. Scotty, the dream match is happening. This this match literally just has to start. It's going to be my match of the year. <laughs> okay, full bias aside, I don't give a shit what happens. Like, this is... Uh, it's unbelievable to me that it's happening. Just... I remember, you know, when all the Sasha stuff started last year and I remember like, well, if there's anything ever to happen, I just want this one thing to happen. And I said it, I said it with zero belief it was going to happen, folks. Like, you you have to understand. And I, I explain this all the time. I wrote an article about this. I wrote an article about this match. Dream matches are things that only happen in dreams. They literally like, listen, WWE can call whatever the fuck they want a dream match. Most of the time, it's not a dream match. Same goes for AEW, okay? To me, to me, Kenny Omega Vikingo wasn't a dream match because it was on the schedule. Okay? Like, dream matches are things you just don't think will ever, can ever happen, let alone will. Yeah. This is exactly that. No one ever expected Mercedes Monet to leave WWE, right? Because she went back once. She went back multiple times, even, even if she wasn't happy. So everyone expected that to happen again. I expected it to happen again. I'm not crazy. That's just how this works. People complain. They get more money. They call it a day. They go back. But Mercedes Monet, God bless her, has done everything against that idea. And it's our, it's been fantastic. It has. She has had two matches so far, both very different, but both further proving how great she is. And now we're here in a match that is like, it is the best of the generation. It is the best of the East versus the best of the West. That is what I'm calling. That is what this is. You're getting the best versus the best. That doesn't happen all that much, right? It doesn't happen. Once in a lifetime, truthfully. Like, I don't think this is ever happening again, one way or the other. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to absolutely love every second of it. They have, and and just to put a cherry on top, they've went down the Bailey Sasha road to build the story. Just because they can. Which, I don't know if you people remember. Sasha and Bailey. Turned out pretty good. Just saying. So, yeah, I'm a little excited. This is the one. I really need Mayu Yutani to win, but mm-hmm. if Mercedes Monet signed for more dates, yep. she is 100% winning this match. And I understand why. Yeah. If she decides to stay, if she can stay, if the money is the right, the money is there, You, you, she has to win. Mayu can yeah. beat her later, you know, and do that sort of like a yeah. They can run story. it back if they want. Um, Fully, I could see Mayu winning, but ultimately, it's it's a 
I also think a, a dream match qualifier is a match that you all, like you said, you almost don't care who wins. You're just excited to see them wrestle. You never imagined them to wrestle. Mm. Um, Omega Danielson was like that, but they've wrestled before, you know, and, and, and exactly. PWG and Omega Green Danielson, Water. I will consider a dream match just because no one ever thought Danielson was going to leave. It, it really yeah. always comes down to will someone leave WWE? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a lot of the dream match scenarios right there. Um, you know, Vikingo Omega was a, had elements of it. I was excited to see them wrestle, but ultimately I knew who was going to win and didn't make it matter as much. This yeah. match is like, I don't know who's going to win. It's it's a huge decision of who wins because that's going to be a huge revelation, re- revelation about the future for stardom and New Japan, I guess. Um, And yeah, man, this is going to be good. I mean, the Io Shirai match and Sasha Banks match was really good. Um... The Kyrie and uh, Sasha Banks matches were good. I mean, com- yeah, Merce- complete- Mercedes is a different wrestler in Japan. I will say that she oh, hits a yeah. she hits a lot harder. Someone may want to tell her she doesn't have to hit as hard. As she no, does. no, no. She was in that. She was in that uh, Hazuki match and uh, got hit a couple a couple times too hard. And she's like, "All right, okay, I'm gonna." Yeah, well, I see how hey, this is. I, I did give the warning that Hazuki wasn't gonna just like you know sit back. No, 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 no. But she'll do that. But yeah, this is. Listen, I as a Mayu Iwatani fan and someone that watched her lose to Kyrie in a heartbreaking fashion, w- really, really, really want to see Mayu win. But at the end of the day, the fact we are getting this at all, that is the win for us all. 100%. Because it, it it's that is how I felt for pretty much the whole Mercedes Monet run. So far, it's like it's it's a win. We're even getting this, yeah, in the first place. Um, but yeah, this is uh, I'm I don't even think I'm gonna watch the Wonder of Storm title match. I'm gonna be gone. Yeah, I'm gonna be so lost after this match. Like, what a spot for Sai and Mina to have to follow. Cause like, I think most people will be into it by then. I'm not gonna be. I already know I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna be gone. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be like taking a breather. It's gonna. It's yeah. It's uh. uh I, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Totally agree. Totally agree. Can't wait for it. Very excited. A for dream it. match. Dream match, baby. Wonder of Stardom title match. Sayaka Matani versus Mina Shirakawa. I'm seeing a lot of chatter online about this match. How the turntables. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were very excited about Mina Shirakawa. Uh, she had that huge, uh, injury, you know, injury, post injury, babyface promo that everyone loved that we raved about in here. It was a great promo, great moment for Mina. She's come back and you know, and she's just sort of been around. She's sort of been around and, and people felt like this would be the crowning. This would be the end of Sai Kamatani's long run and Mina would win here, but it doesn't feel like that that's happening anymore. Really doesn't feel like that anymore, especially with Mirai coming around around the pike as well. I don't know. Doesn't feel like it's gonna be Mina's time here. What do you think? Oh, so sad. Too bad. What a shame. <laughs> Too bad. Wow. Wow. I haven't haven't thought for a second Mina should be winning. I listen. The the story worked perfectly, right? Yeah. But she came back in a whole different fashion. Yes. And for me, that was the instant, okay, 
I don't need like this is a different story for her now from here on out. It seems more of like I need to prove it story rather than I am this big underdog baby face story anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she should win. I've thought from the very start that you need to put over Starlight Kid or Mariah. Well, not very start. Mariah wasn't even part of the company when Sayakawa Tani won this. But my point is pretty much from when Mariah won the Cinderella and had the match with Sayakawa Tani, I walked away saying, if this is what they go back to, it's the right choice. Mm-hmm. And Mariah's only got better and better and better and better as a as the overall wrestler. Mir Shirakawa has also gotten better and better and better and better. But that promo she had, that wasn't planned. That wasn't planned. You know why it wasn't planned? Because her face wasn't supposed to get smashed in. That wasn't part of the plan either. Thank you. Yes. This was a match that was just happening to be part of the reign. Mm-hmm. That's what this was. And bless Mina, she turned it into magic. Mm-hmm. She got a lot of people wanting her to win. As she should. That's her As job. As she should. That's how pro wrestling works, folks. If if you if more people should do what she did. And you know, turn a negative into a positive, a negative of you know getting your face busted open and stuff like that, right? You know, it was it was a it was a rare and I say this mostly because not enough people I think pay attention to it, but it was a it was a true like promo of the year contender by someone who maybe doesn't always get that attention. And we are sitting here now. It feels wrong if she does win. It does. Yeah. In my and and I have been someone who is I, I came to I have came to I've come to accept that her winning makes sense. But even then, I said her reign should not be long. Listen, I still think that there's a shot she wins, and then she just drops it to Mariah. We've had enough long title reigns, okay? We've had plenty. We don't need another long title reign. It's okay if Mina wins here, defends it once or twice, and then drops the belt. That's okay, too. We haven't had one of those with the top two titles ever. Like, we have had it before, but it's been a very long time. Yeah. Mina, to me, always felt like that kind of champion. It's more of the moment than the reign if she were to win. I think there's still a moment there to be had if she does win because a lot of people love Mina Shirakawa. Yep. And and she's put in the work to get to this spot. Yep. But there's so much going on in the show, and Mirai is now sitting in the back waiting. It makes you think. It does make you think. And I'm going to also say, I wouldn't be surprised if Mirai challenged for the world title. I want everyone to know that, too. I don't think that would be that much of a surprise either. Yeah. That being said, I do think it will be the wonder, and I do think that she will win. Yeah. Now, will it be Mina or Saya? I don't know. I haven't needed Mina's champion personally. So like none of this has ruined it for me. Yeah. I think this will be a good match. Yeah. I mean, they had a good match last time. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, like a lot of people were like, whoa, whoa holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the know. thing is like, they're following a match that is going to have me. So like, I, I I'm almost worried to 
talk about this match after, like after the fact because yeah. I don't know how much I'm going to remember. They're in an unenviable spot. It's it's a uh, rough rough waters for them in the card, but uh, yeah. they'll figure it out. World of Stardom title match: Julia versus Tam Nakano. I mean, this is hair versus hair world wonder of Stardom title match back in the day. This is the f- finals, the Grand Prix finals from last year. Uh, you know, this is long standing feud between these two. Culminating here, not culminating here. Well, we don't know if it's culminating here. Probably not. Um, <laughs> Tim McConnell coming in with a, uh, a healed, giant, bulbous forehead. Uh, looking better. Thank God. Uh, they're going back and forth in these press conferences. I'm very excited about this one. I think it's going to be very hard hitting. I also say this, Scotty. I have been thinking a lot about Stardom's booking, and I mentioned, I want to say it was last week, about my concerns in regards to Stardom's booking lately. And the past several years, we've had that, like, sort of who feels like is going to be the winner. You know, Shuri feels like she's going to win. Julia, this is her time. Oh, the five-star? Well, just just of the year alone. But then in the five-star, it became even more clear for both of those women. And then after Julia, you and I had this discussion where I was like, I don't know who's next. <laughs> I genuinely don't know who would at all be next. Which, a good thing. Which is a good thing. It's also a bad thing in the sense of like, ah, where, where the, what's the direction, you know? Like, where are we heading? Where are we going? Sure. And you don't want it to always be like super obvious, like Shuri, like Julia. Yeah, you don't want it to be the Tony Khan. Here's my next. Here's my first four or five champions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you don't always want that. You do want you like you want people to know what the direction is, but not be yeah. like so over the top about it. Um, you don't want it, but you also don't want to like M- WWE M Night Shyamalan it all the time and just do a twist for twist's sake. Um, that all being said, I don't necessarily know who the next person is. So why not have Tam Nakano win the title here? It's kind of feeling that way, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, you know, they're, Julia's up three to two in their, uh, their feud. Tam could win here and even things up. I, I don't know. I think if there was any person that could beat Julia that makes sense, Tam Nakano makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe this is like the win here, or, you know, lose here, and then Tam wins the fi- the Grand Prix, and then, then go off and, you know, that do that whole thing. Yeah. And that's the year-long story. But I don't know. I think if there's going to be anyone, why not just make it Tam Nakano? I don't not a And, you know, and this is coming from me. A guy on this show has said Tam Nakano has moments where she does not c- come up to bat. You know, she has for her makeup moments. Where she's uh oh I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work too hard on this one. She has those moments. But she's gonna work hard on this one. She always works hard in the Julia matches. She's gonna crush it. Possibly crush bleed. Julia. She's gonna bleed. They're both possibly gonna bleed. Uh it's gonna be hard hitting. I don't know. I think I think there's a pro I think there's a possibility. I think Tam could win here. If Tam wins, I I think I will Believe, believe it or not, I, I think I'll go as far as saying 
if Tam were to win, this will probably be the match of the night. And that is coming from someone who yep. is who just hyped up the biggest dream match of my life yeah, ever. Risking his career for a match. Oh, risked it. Gone. <laughs> it's over. Uh, but Tam Nakano winning. This is why she's so good at what she does. Yeah. She's made people believe that there's a chance. Hell, she's made, I think, everyone believe there's a chance. And it does come down to the question, why not Tandakon, right? We are, we are in a spot here where the world title has been in the same loop for the past three champions. Yes. Right? Mayu held it for a year, lost to the five star winner. Utami held it for a year, lost to the five star winner. Shuri held it for a year, lost to the five star winner. We're going to have to break the mold eventually, people. Yeah. And it does feel like Julia, the person who has been picked as the next World of Storm champion since the moment she walked in the door. Yep. It feels like it would be too perfect for her not to be the one to break that mold because she can get it back. Yes. There's no saying she can't get it back down the road. Yep. But there's something exciting about the bump in the road that is Tam Nakano here. <laughs> no 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 pun intended, I imagine, for bump of the road. <laughs> Absolutely all pun intended for the road part. Anytime I talk about Tam, even if I don't mean it, which I actually didn't, road always somehow finds my way to talking about Tam Nakano. Oh yeah. And it, it just so happened yeah. that her road this time around it got a little bumpy. Uh-huh. Exactly. The Tam Road has a big bump on its forehead. Mm-hmm. This, this is going to be excellent. It's going to be very fitting of the main event. This is this company's Okada and Naito. That's what this is. You go to it in the biggest spots. Yeah. Tam Nakano is Naito. I said that to someone the other day. They're like, what? <laughs> They're like, how dare you? I was like, no. Ham Nakano is Starham's most popular wrestler yep. and has been for years now. Much like Tetsuya Naito, no matter where he's on the card, is New Japan's most popular wrestler. Yep. It's just how it goes. And you every- got your aces, you got your top guys, but you always got Tam Nakano slash Naito thing. And just like Naito, there's moments where I'm I watch a Naito match. And I'm like, I really don't care for this person as a wrestler. There's moments I'm like, God damn, he's one of the greatest wrestlers alive. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, well, you know, we we give and take. We give and take. Yeah. This this match feels as fifty fifty as we've had for a world title match. Yeah. In a long time, and that's you can't book it better than that for the biggest show ever. And I also almost want a title switch and it's not necessarily that julia's reign has been bad per se it's just that i definitely and i think you would agree with me here scotty i feel like stardom needs a kick in the butt right now and i think a world title change could help you know invigorate some of the juices you know what i mean like i think i think fandom has been like sort of like after the Triangle Derby and the Cinderella Tournament where they eliminate, automatically go down to like the third round in like one go. I think after those two tournaments, there's people are sort of like, all right, I, this is one of the best companies in the world right now. 
one of the best promotions in the world and just sort of like, come on, let's get going. Let's get going. And I feel like a world title switch could help us get going, you know? Some people are just cranky and whiny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's been a slow start to this company. But also, I'll say this. They have been building to this show since the f- end of the five-star Grand Prix. And I think that's been part of the... I won't say problem, but part of the reason it's been like it is. Yeah. Because it's like, we need to get to the show. Everything we are building is for this show. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think this show ultimately will be the kick in the butt for the rest of the year, obviously. Much like All-Star Dream Cinderella was in 2021. Um, Last year, they were just all out from start to finish, so it's like no problem there. But this does feel like it will be the kick in the butt. And if you have a new champion, that'll really change it, too. Um, It is the show that really changes everything in a good way. And um, I do think that a lot of people should be excited for whatever this result may be. Uh, I think I think Tam has a really good chance at winning. I totally agree. I think it's totally possible. Totally, totally possible. Um, there, I'm, I'm Wrestling Observer just posted a little update on CM Punk's return, so I'm trying to see... Uh, See if oh, there's boy. any more news. Apparently on Wrestling Observer Live, Andrew Zarian was on and said, as early of this week, there was no intention on the other side, maybe Kenny Omega a little bit more than the Bucks, but they do not want to work with CM Punk. There's been, and then, so there's a little bit of that. But then also, there's been no dialogue between the two sides either regarding sitting down and making this work. So a lot of the, the PR spin right now is, oh, CM Punk wants to come to the table. But according to Andrew Zarian, Either side is like not coming to the table. They're not talking to each other about coming to the table, according to Andrew Zarian. So who knows? Who knows? Is it is it Dax Harwood? Is it Matt Coon that are saying, "Oh yeah, he wants to come to the table"? Is that honest, or is it uh, the dirt sheets saying, "Oh yeah, that he hasn't made any effort. He doesn't want to come to the actual table. He's just saying things." But I'll, let me see if I can get more information. Makes makes you think, huh? Makes you think. Makes you think. Uh, <laughs> makes you think. What uh? What uh, uh, all the stuff you know, all these, all these PR spins, uh, the, the never ending what's right and what's not, what's true and what's not true will never end in this story. Did you hear that FDR's podcast is also starting to come to an end? Oh, yeah, it's, it's canceled. Yeah, I have to imagine that when he re signed up a new contract, it was like, oh, yeah, uh, you can't do the con- you can't do the podcast. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure that was a Tony call, yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt Coon's hey, all, I, I need you to stop talking shit. Matt Coon's <laughs> all upset about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's 100%. Um, let's talk about Impact Wrestling's Rebellion, the show yeah, that took nothing, place. Nothing says excitement like Impact. Impact Wrestling, baby. In 2023. Let's get, let's get hyped. Let's get googie. Let's get into it, baby. Impact Wrestling Rebellion took place last night. Um, out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, in their best venue uh, known to man, the best small venue known oh to man. Oh my god, what a what a what a look, huh? Yeah, always looks good. Always looks good. They they should do all their shows here. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I'm very or, very. They excited. had a new stage. Yeah, it was nice for once because they've had the same stage for about a decade and a half. It feels like. Yeah, Rebellion, baby. It was. I thought it was a decent little show here. 
I don't think it was a good show. Nothing outstanding or anything, but uh, I there was there was one match that I really really liked. I really liked the women's main event. I thought that was really good. I did too. I thought Um, it was a match tonight. But then there was also some stinkers, and we'll get to the stinkers. Uh, But real quickly, Mm -hmm. I assume you did not watch it. I did watch it because I'm in the same person. Countdown to Rebellion. There was. Uh, Rar Singh and Shara defeated Heath and Rhino in a sort of an upset surprise win that was fine. And then the Coven, Kylan King and Taylor Wilde defend their titles against Jessica, Jessica and Rosemary. Uh, Jessica. Yeah, so uh, two matches that were fine and not worth anything watching. But let's talk about Rebellion proper. Let's talk about the main event first. Let's talk about the main event first. Why not? It's time for the main event. Impact Knockouts World title match. Deanna Perrazzo defeats Jordan Grace. Obviously, now we have, as we'll say to it as well, with uh, Steve Macklin winning the world title, we have a married couple holding the uh, world and women's titles of a company. Don't know if that's ever happened before. I have to think back in my... Wait. He's, he's thinking. He's going through the Rolodex in his mind. Can't think Probably of Probably right. Can't think of anything. Um... I thought this match was great. I thought it was really great. I went four flat. I thought this four was flat. a great match. I thought it was very hard hitting. Uh, the the moves that they were doing all over the place, that the suicide dives, just the fucking pile drivers, uh, just all over the place was very, very well done. I thought um, Deanna working that arm, that shoulder of Jordan Grace was well, very well done. And uh, the limb work was very well done on Jordan Grace's part. Um, I was shocked and, and, and amazed by some of the moves that were done. Um, it was just it was just very good. It felt like a... a, a I don't know, it sounded like a rewriting of the ship, but it very much felt like to me like, all right, yeah, now we're, we're back into it, baby. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we're back into what this uh, women's division means to me, which is great, great action. Because they have the talent there. It just felt like they weren't really utilizing it for a while. And now I think with Tiana, with Jordan Grace being the best she's ever been, I'm very excited about this this division right now. Yeah, I I thought this was great. Easily match of the night for me. Um, I, you know, I said when Mickey might have had to drop the belt that going with Tiana was the smart choice. Yeah. Uh, She's always been their best. She's still their best. Uh, she step she stepped up obviously once again. I mean, when I watched uh, Multiverse United and I watched her wrestle, I think it was the first time I watched her wrestle in quite a while. I was just like, I was just sitting there. I was like, oh, I forgot how good she was. Yeah, like she she she's so excellent. She's the type of person I'd love to see challenge for the IWGP women's title somewhere down the road like if we're trying to think of like the international possibilities uh she she's right up there in terms of things that make sense um but yeah she her and jordan grace absolutely killed it like you have these two you have masha who's great i mean masha got stuck in a match that you know whatever but like those three alone should be enough to really carry this division mm-hmm I think they will. I look. I look forward to Dion and Masha eventually, um, but going with Dion was absolutely the right choice. Like her kicking out of the Grace Driver, Jordan Driver, whatever the fuck it's called. I have no idea. Grace Driver, yeah. Thank you, Grace Driver, and then kind of you know hit. hit what, what did she hit? Then she hit the. Uh, she hit the. 
whatever the finish. Queen's Gambit is called Queen's Gambit. Better finisher. Uh who? Uh Diana? Diana. Yes, Queen's yeah, Gambit. It's called Queen's Gambit. Yeah, she's loved, yeah, she loves so she, chess. Yeah, so she hit whatever and then she hit the Queen's Gambit to win. It was a great finish. But there was so much greatness to this match, like the moonsault off the ramp. That was crazy. It was like, I you just kind of forget how good Diana is because it's the big fish in a small pond scenario, right? Yeah. Like she is excellent, but she only gets to show it so many different ways. I'm really excited to see where this can go because, like, the Masha match excites me. Uh, maybe they do a new Ashton match if they bring her back in for Impact. Yep, I see like, that's things possible. like that. That's where I'd like them to go. Um, but I, I'm definitely, I walked away from this like you did, riding the ship, feeling better about Impact than I did going into the show. Yeah, and I think this has a lot to do with it. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think they they really stepped up at a time where stepping up needs to happen. I was happy this main evented too. You went with the non predictable main event. Mm-hmm idea instead of the world title match i mean it obviously stinks for macklin because you know he's worked his ass off to get to that point yeah but it was so predictable it's like why would we have this close the show yeah well let's talk about that then impact world title steve macklin versus kushida 18 minutes and 28 seconds now this i thought was a really good match i thought kushida Mm -hmm. was i thought kushida was great here uh i thought steve macklin was it wasn't the best steve macklin i've seen I've seen better from him, but I thought Kishida was great. And Steve Macklin did really, really well. But there was, that was also a weird matchup for him. Yeah. Macklin. Yes. And I think that's part of it. I think that was part of it for sure. There was also, of the course, the part. Yeah. There was a, a British elephant in the room uh, with Nick Aldis coming to the commentary table, returning to Impact Wrestling, and then post match getting all up in Steve Macklin's face. It looks like Nick Aldis will be challenging. For said world title soon. Never did I think we'd show our, your next Impact World Champion this quickly. <laughs> yeah, that was, I, I saw Nick Aldis come out, and I was like, "Ah, shit, that sucks for Steve Macklin." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, once he walked out, I was like, "Was Steve Macklin gonna lose?" <laughs> oh my god, Kushida versus Nick Aldis. Imagine that. Imagine that. No, well, I think I think had Josh Alexander not got hurt. Yeah. It would have been Josh Alexander and Nick Aldis. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm. Yeah. When I saw Nick Aldis walk out, I was like, wait a minute. This definitely wasn't going to be Steve Macklin's win. (laughs) But, you know, shit happens and it had to happen. And Nick Aldis is a good guy rather than a bad guy. That's kind of how that's kind of how I looked at it. I think Nick Aldis would have been a heel coming in had Josh Alexander won or been world champion still. Yep. And now it's switched. It's, it's also Nick fascinating. Aldis. Go ahead. What? I was going to say it's Nick. fascinating to hear Nick Aldis call the Impact World title prestigious because I've never thought of it as a prestigious title, even if it has a you know decades long history. It just feels weird to be like there, he's so prim, he's so title. prim and proper that Impact doesn't feel it prim and proper. That it, it threw me through for, for a he loop. He's really good on yeah comps. Actually, he's he's really good at talking. This is the perfect setting for nick aldis by the way um once he left nwa it was like where is he gonna go yeah WWE made some sense because he has size he could talk Mm -hmm. didn't want him in AEW. did not want him in all elite wrestling he was not gonna fit for me yeah 
impact worked because the way Nick Aldis works is being a big fish in a small pond. Yes. That's how he works best. Yes. That's no offense to him. It's just how he stands out better from the rest. Because he feels like a huge deal being mm-hmm. here. He does. He does. He's the only person that's touched NWA that has felt like a huge deal in the past 30 years. <laughs> Pretty essentially. Yeah. And when he walked out there, I said, this is such a great get for them. Mm-hmm. Like they needed a guy like this mm-hmm. after all the people that have left. Left and or injured, you know, no Josh Alexander. Yeah, you know, once no, Josh got hurt, man. Yeah, <sighs> when when Josh got hurt and they saw Nick Aldis, I was like, oh, okay, I see who they who they hired to replace Josh for a little bit. Yeah, and I think and I think Nick Aldis is a good wrestler, like in ring wise. He's not like outstanding or anything, but he can have a good match. I remember that Cody match. I remember loving that Cody match. Yeah, uh, from uh, All In, the original All In. That was really good. I never saw the second one, so don't ask me about the second one. I, you know, this is before the in the before times, but uh, when no one knew anything. But I thought his match for the uh, the Crockett Cup, I believe it was against Marty Scrawl, was really really great. Oh, well. right. I thought that was really good. Yeah, it's a it's a big get for Nick Aldis to be in this company for Impact. I think that's a good get. I think with Josh He's being gone, Steve yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know when that's going to happen. Under Siege, I believe is the next pay per view. So anniversary. Wait. That might make sense. Let's see. Let's see. What do we got here? What are the upcoming events here? Until Mickey James comes back? Yeah. Um, that's also interesting because you got to. Come Mickey, on, folks. Yeah. You got to have Mickey James and Nick Aldis right there against. Uh, it's paved it out here. They're going to. What, what, what's the uh, one before Slammerversary? Against all odds? Um. Yes. We have we have Under Siege next. And that is in May. Uh, mm. In London, Ontario, Canada. Um. <laughs> We have uh, June 9th against all odds in Columbus, Ohio. And then we have Slammiversary July 15th. So June 9th against all odds, your main event could be Steve Macklin and Deanna Perrazzo versus Nick Aldis and Mickey James. Assuming, and assuming Slammiver- Mickey James is back. Do, do, we, have, do we have any Mickey idea what her back. injury is, by the way? Not a clue. No idea. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. Some people, some people just think she's leaving. Yeah, like she just didn't put anyone over on the way yeah. out. Shrouded um, in secrecy, Mickey James. Yeah, so like I think I get, and I think it's more of a lock that obviously Mickey will not be going anywhere now that Nick Aldis is here. Um, but like that's that's that could be your against all odds main event, mm-hmm. and then you build a slammiversary where it's Steve Macklin versus Nick Aldis. Yep, which is now your biggest match. And Deanna Perrazzo versus Mickey James, because obviously you need to run that back. Yeah. It all makes sense to me. Makes- I'm happy Steve Macklin's champion. I kind of wish he was a baby face. Like anytime I watch him like cut any promo and then he's like, ah, Canada bad. I was like, yeah, you were so close. Yeah. Um, like he feels like a baby face that's trapped in a heel. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, well, I think Nick Aldis will feel the other way around. Yeah. I think he, I think he's a heel going to be trapped in a baby face. Um, but I could, I, I could see it all work out. Um, I'm happy he's here. I'm actually kind of interested in impact again because of both of these matches and kind of where we're going now. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see what comes down the pipeline here. Speaking uh, of not being excited. 
Hardcore War match. This was sort of a Survivor Series rumble, no DQ gimmick, where like it started with two wrestlers and then members of each team came in. Sucked. This match went on for 25 minutes and 12 seconds. Felt way longer than that. It was not... Okay. The match I felt was fine... Mm. Uh, up until Bully Ray came out, mm. I thought, you know, starting off That's with until we got to the story. Yeah, I thought, you know, starting off with I want to say it was Frankie Kazarian and Moose. I was like, OK, that's fine. That's fine. Then Boo Pinder versus Brian Myers. You know, they used to feud over the, you know, the t- the uh, the uh, what the, what's that freaking title held by Joe? Digital Henry. media. Yes. Thank you. <clears throat> and I thought Boo Pinder looked pretty decent. In the ring, I thought his moveset was pretty good. And then, you know, you get uh, Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich in there. I thought Killer Kelly they gave her a staple gun. She did some fun spots there. Yuya came out, looked like a weird old fool. Just kind of like did one thing and that was it. I was like, why is Yuya here? Yeah, he looked so like a fish out of water. And then Bully Ray comes out, causing a distraction. And then like they they grab Killer Kelly, a bunch of them, and he's like, do something, do something. And it lasts way too long because they're waiting for Tommy Dreamer to come out. And I'm just sitting there and I'm sitting here like, Bully Ray, you do something, man. You're just standing there. You're just like, she's like, he's like, do something, Killer Kelly, do something. You're like, you're just standing there threatening her and did not do anything when you came into the ring. I don't think he did a single move. I can't recall. Uh, that's how boring this match was. I don't even remember if he did anything. I don't think he did. And I was just like, come on, man. You do something. You're standing here. And then just had more stuff. And Tommy Dreamer came out. Tommy Dreamer cut a very emotional promo about the week he's had with his mom. Uh, um, having uh, very, very, very close to death, it sounds like. So a very emotional promo he cut early in the night. So he, he came out in a very emotional state. But then it just became like... It just became stuff that, like, I hate that Bully Ray does. They did the, like, the PWG-like spot or whatever, the Lucha spot that we've seen everywhere of just everyone doing submissions on each other. Okay, cool. They do a spot where Bully Ray is going to climb up the ladder and tells the referees to hold the ladder for him, and they refuse. And then when he comes down, they all beat him up. Don't know why that happened. Don't don't know why the referees are refusing. They really bully Ray wanted to see the whole drama play out like a month ago. I feel like that was, and then do it here again way after there was it would have been hot. So lack of heat for me. And then also capital off by the way, we have Tommy Dreamer doing a finisher to bully Ray after the four referees beat him up. The referees all count all th- four of them do the count one two three. Bully Ray kicks out at two, and I'm just thinking to myself, man. Bully Ray, of course, booked himself to kick out of four kickouts in one match at the same time. Oh, man, that's funny. But yeah, no, I thought this match was incredibly boring. Uh, it wasn't good. There was It started, it started fine, and then it got worse. I'm going to be honest, folks. This is, the, this is the match on Impact shows I almost always skip. Almost always. But I said, uh, Masha's in the match. I like Masha. Masha gets me to watch a lot of matches that may be bad. And you're a big Boopinger uh, guy. Don't even know who he is. I also love Yuya, so I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. 
though this this was so long it yeah. was never ending i wanted it to it to end i don't care about bully ray and tommy dreamer's feud at all let alone again in the year 2023 when when can we let ecw die apparently not because there were some fans in the crowd last night cheering ecw ecw like, that was 20 years ago man like folks e- ecw sucks okay like who cares not let's stop talking about it it was cool back in like forever ago when it was real okay it's dead it's gone this is like this is worse nostalgia than the fucking attitude era which is incredible but it's worse because impact for some reason for the past decade has continuously brought back ecw from the dead yeah with tommy dreamer with bully ray with sabu with uh sandman like raven (laughs) Raven, like, who wants this shit? No one. Stop. Please stop. Thank God Tommy Dreamer won. It means that it should be over. Do you know how he... I believe this was the finish. Do you know how he won? Oh. He did a superfly splash off the top of a ladder. Oh, yeah. I saw him do that, and I said, this is disgusting. I was like, what a way to cap this whole match off with him doing a Jimmy Superfly Snooka splash. The hand signs and everything. Oh man, not good. Not good. Not good. Next match: Impact X Division Title Match. Trey Miguel defeats Jonathan Gresham versus Mike Bailey. Gresham gets eliminated first, and then Miguel has a one-on-one with Bailey, who ends up winning. Uh, what do you think of this match? Good match, underwhelming. Yeah, I agree. It, it was a good match. Just... You probably say more there, but no, I, I no, it's fine. I had the cough. No, no worries. No worries. Uh, cut, come off, come off, come no, off. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. It could have been better, wasn't better. I was hoping for better. I don't know, I was hoping for a, a match of the night s quality, and I was like, I don't know, three and a quarter slapped on top of pretty it. Much. Pretty much, PCO versus Eddie Edwards. PCO wins in a last rights match, basically, uh, um, you know, whatever, buried alive, not buried alive, uh, coffin match, casket, casket yeah. match, yeah. Um, what do you think of this match? They had me until Alicia Edwards walked out there. And then I said, fuck the Gaga. I hate this shit. I'm angry. Because they were kicking each other's ass. PCO was doing all his dumb shit. And Eddie Edwards was just hitting him really hard. And then they ended it the way they always do. I feel like they end like half of their matches with is like the bullshit. Yeah. And it upset me because I thought they did a really good job. Um, it was it was really physical and all that, and I just uh, stupid shovel. I was like, this goodbye. I'll say this though: the first five minutes, I was kind of like, eh, uh, eh, on because yeah. this was like the slowest I've seen PCO move. And granted, he's up there in years, but this was like the slowest I've ever seen this guy move around. Yeah, he's the, uh, he's slow. He's uh, he didn't look too good. He didn't look too hot. No, no. I think personally, I I long ago got to the point where I don't need to see PCO wrestle anymore. Yeah, but hey, or be a feature act. Yeah, but you know what? Is what it what is. What do I know? 
Um, four on three handicap match, Dirty Dango, Joe Hendry, and Santina Morella defeat the, the design, Angels, Callahan, Diener, and Khan. The result of this match was Diener giving a bat to Callahan to hit Santino Morella with. Diener, uh, or Callahan, takes the bat, finally turns on Diener, uh, beats up Diener with the bat. Santino Morella gets the Cobra out, hits Diener with the Cobra, and gets the win. I know you didn't watch this match, Scotty, but uh, I thought it was kind of fun. Like, it was like, it had fun elements. Uh, I was like, all right, you know, there's some stuff happening here. But ultimately, it was just sort of like, oh, my God, dude. It, it, ultimately, it was just sort of like, you know, uh, the the turn of Callahan and Diener and Santino getting the big pop of doing the Cobra. That's ultimately what the, it was. Uh, the, the, the poor man's poor man's version of Sami Zayn turning on the bloodline. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The poor man's poor man's version. It's not even this. Uh, listen, I, I'm gonna be honest with you folks. I don't believe in Joe Hendry. I never, I think, hey, that's my guess, I think, man. I think, <laughs> I think Pantango stinks. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't need to see Santino Moreau wrestle. Santino was fine. Santino was fine. The crowd was super into the Cobra, as per usual. He had the WWE made Cobra, I saw. He did. He did. I mean, yeah, I, I love it. Um, Impact World Tag Team Title Ultimate X Match: Ace Austin, Chris Bay defeat Alex Shell and Chris Saban. I thought this match was really good. Shocked, stunned, bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really expect this to be bad because nope. all four these four are like debatably the best part of impact <laughs> no i Almost think that's always. i think it's completely accurate i think they are the best one of the best aspects to it now i will also say this they've long been my favorite part of impact i think they're a great aspect of impact but i will say this scotty catch that get it catch that gear you catch that gear they were wearing oh baby wearing the black and yellow bullet club but got some gold in there got a lot of gold in there I don't know, man. I said this immediately when I said it. I tweeted this out. I said, if Jay White's Bullet Club is him, Juice Robinson, Ace Austin, and Chris Bay, mm-hmm. this might be the best Bullet Club we've ever seen besides the Elite. <laughs> yeah. It's, hey, man, Chris Bay and Ace Austin, they can make it AEW, man. That's that's going to be great stuff. That's going to be great stuff. We all want to be part of the Bang Bang Gang. That's what he called it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess so. I guess Bang so. Bang Gang, stand up. <laughs> You're about to do the old school. You're about to do the old school. Oh, no. And then, oh, don't forget, Scotty, you're going to have to add uh, ELP probably into that faction as well. You'll take you'll take it with if it, if it comes with Ace Austin and Chris Bay. Yeah, I will. I Which, will. There's I, a could good deal with, I could deal with El Fantasmo if that's what happens. There's a good shot that they actually do become part of AEW Bullet Club Gold. Because if I'm not mistaken, going back in Bullet Club lore, Chris Bay joined Bullet Club through Jay White. Jay White got him in. So, I don't know. Makes you think. Makes, Makes thing. you think. So this match was really good. So uh, definitely go check that one out. And I thought Alex Shelley and Chris Saban did a very good job in this match as well. They, they, well, the, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're, they're great. Stuff. Come on. That's, great stuff. that's literally, they, I don't think they ever do bad. No. Like 
I am a sucker for like all the Motor City Machine Guns like moves that they do. Like they, they just do every match. Like when they do like the quick spurt of like drop kick to the knee, mm-hmm. he does the last chancery, mm-hmm. and then they drop kick him in the face. Like yep. every time they do that, I'm like, oh god, they're so good. And they always they're always flying when they do that move too. Oh yeah, it's like the, it's like they're still like in their younger days. Like that's how good that's just how good they are. And I'm very upset that they don't get to face more great tag teams. Yeah, I agree. They need to do them and Aussie Open straight up. Yes, they should. And when I say they, I mean New Japan does. <laughs> yes, they should. They should. That would be very good. That would be very good. Um, the only other thing we had on the docket, we're already over two hours here. Uh, the only other thing we had on the docket was Sakura Genesis. Is there any other quick quick thoughts? We have to acknowledge him. Acknowledge. Okay. Uh, I assume you're talking about your new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Sonata. Yeah, baby. Sonata. Who the fuck would have thought? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Look, I mean, I'm pretty sure I thought about that. I'm pretty sure I said three that months that. ago. Who would have thought? I knew? Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's this true. guy, this guy lost to Manabu Soya. <laughs> <laughs> but in hindsight, it makes sense, right? The whole idea was that, like, story, he's yeah. the weak guy of Lij. He sees, yeah. you know, everyone's like, "All right, there's nothing going on here. This was all part of the plan, you know." And eventually, get to Okada. And he and he beat the unbeatable Okada. Yeah. 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 I'm upset. I'm upset about that part. Yeah. I'm upset. So that looked great, though. Yeah. Like, like, this this might have been the best Sonata match or my favorite Sonata match that I can remember off the top of my head. I thought the beginning was okay. It it took a while for me to get into it. That closing stretch, though, Sonata and Okada, I mean, this fantastic closing stretch. Okada is a master of the closing stretch, it feels like. And Sonata is also a very. Very, very good at the closing stretch. Yeah, no, I thought that was a great that was a great spot. The beginning was a little slow for me, but ultimately, once it got going, I was like, "All right, here we go." Here, finally, the beginning was Okada and Sonata. Yeah, that's true. That is old school Sonata. <laughs> that is their entire rivalry. Yeah. Is slow beginning. I think they picked it up a lot sooner than they usually do, though. And I also think New Sonata is a lot more interesting in ring wise. Yeah, the, old was. the match itself was 26 minutes and 58 seconds. So very, very quick <laughs> comparatively to their other yeah. stuff. Usually we're touching 40 when mm-hmm. the title on the line with those two. Uh, quicker Sonata matches, as you and me always say, is better. So yeah. like that second half was really like Sonata showing how good he actually is. Yeah. Because when he turns up that gear, he's so much, he's so much of a better wrestler. And I thought like when he hit the um, when Okada hit the Emerald Flosion mm-hmm. and was going for the Rainmaker, I was like, "All right, all wrapped up." And yeah. then he he was able to turn that into the uh, Death Wall or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Like that was a perfect close to it. And someone made this great point to me on Twitter: how kind of to overcome Okada, a lot of people have like followed the Jay White method of having a finisher that you can hit out of the Rainmaker. Yeah. And then it's just like a very interesting thing for Okada's like being is that people have had to pretty much make finishers to beat him with, which mm-hmm. is kind of insane. Um, 
I think the the main talking point now is like where we're going more than the secure Genesis. So we don't need to talk about the rest of the card because it was like really good show. Well, I want a really good show. I want to bring up the IWGP tag title match real quick because I, well, I was going to bring that into strong title matches. Oh, as well. then go ahead. Bring it all into one. Um, of course, on uh, what was it called? Capital Collision? Capital, was yes, it Capital Collision. Yeah, so Aussie Open wins those tag titles. And of course, when the IWGP tag titles now they're double champions all of a sudden um have to imagine we're merging the titles soon you would think so uh this is this is the best tag team in the world yeah today they were the best tag team in the world before they won the iwgp tag team titles they're now definitively the best tag team in the world kyle fletcher this guy's gonna be iwgp world champion if they can keep him long enough yeah he is mark david like it is like Dude, it is a decade difference between the two. Yeah. Mark Davis, they could keep going as a tag team for the next five years if they wanted to. And then all of a sudden, you know, Mark Davis is like, okay, I'm good. And then Kyle Fletcher is like, okay, great. And now I'm going to be a singles great wrestler. I'm going to be the next Will Ospreay. When we saw that video today, Will Ospreay tweeted out about how he's like, yeah, my uh, style that everyone's been adopting uh, has really put a lot of miles on my, on the old car. So, uh, don't know how much longer I have left in this industry, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, and it's like Kyle Fletcher is like the next iteration of like, he's right there. And I, I could totally see like him being the next guy. You know, we're talking about I'm him moments. It's Kyle Fletcher doing a moonsault, bumping, not even bumping, slicing his skull open on that guardrail. Uh, and then Hashimoto Moto King, Hashimoto Ing or Hiroki Goto Ing himself putting a bandit around it and be like, all right, let's go baby back to work and just crushing it. And then he goes in the first thing he does is like that, that uh, running lariat kick thing that he loves to do on Yoshihashi. Yeah. That was beautiful. I love that shit. I, I love that match. Um, it, it was just so good. I love that move. Uh, it's just, God, these guys are it. These are, these guys are it. And I want to see another great year from them. That's what I really, really want. Yeah, I look I look forward to the Mark Davis never open weight championship brand as well. Same. Um Oh yeah, because his single run is like he's still very good. Like his singles run in the New Japan Cup was fantastic. He had a bigger singles run than his partner, who was kind who was the talk of the town most of the time. Um That's not gonna happen, but I would love to see Mark I mean, I don't think it's gonna happen, but Mark Davis versus uh Shingo, the KOPW title. That's probable. That's probable. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, Aussie Open is just, they're, they're so good. They're yeah. just, they are the best tag team in the world, and I don't think it's an even argument anymore. Like, that's how good I think they are right now. Like, they, the Young Bucks have slowed down. Mm-hmm. FTR has slowed down. These two didn't have titles. And they just keep going and going. Now they have titles, right? I haven't seen the Leo Rush and Tomohiro Ishii match from, uh, from Collision last, Philadelphia yet, last night, but yeah. I have been told it was great. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me one bit. By the way, what what a what a when I saw that Tanahashi was hurt, I was sad. But then I was like, wait a minute, that's a that's a, that's a better match now because <laughs> it's like we don't have to deal with the like outside factors. This is just Aussie Open on cage match that that title match. 10 votes so far, so not a huge idea. But you get the basic idea. Total 10 votes, 
that is like a 4.25, 4. 4.5, whatever it is. Almost a four and a half. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, I'm sure it's a little high, but still, that's that's pretty great. So I look yeah. forward to watching that. But they they are probably I don't know how long they're going to be a tag team for. Yeah. I think for me, it's as long as Mark Davis goes, personally. Yeah, yeah. But I think they can break off singles-wise, too, without breaking up. Agreed. Does that make sense? Agreed. Um, I think that's very easy to do, because I think they both do have the singles potential, um, like we're talking about. they Like, why can't they do Never Open Way and stuff like that? But I think the biggest thing here is moving forward, like I said, I mean, we kind of have lined up pretty much every belt's next big feud, right? IWGP, it's the dream team versus mm-hmm. the Aussie Open at Dominion. Yep. I know I know they have TMDK, but yeah. They're not losing the TMDK. So like that's insane. So mm-hmm. Dominion's going to have like maybe the biggest IWGP tag title match ever. Yeah. Truthfully, no offense to Bishamon and, and when they face a dream team, but just the truth. Um, you have Sonata versus Naito. You'll have uh, absolute, or yeah, it'll be Naito. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's Shingo, which would make no sense to me. Well, they they would they did the tags over the weekend with Naito and Hiromu. So oh, that's what duh, makes, yeah. yeah, it's Naito. Yeah, so so Sonata and Hiromu first at Dontaku, mm-hmm. and then you go to Naito. That's obviously that makes all the sense in the world. Yep. Can't wait till uh, we get an evil scenario and Sonata loses the title to Naito. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> be great and then we have junior heavyweight um well best of super juniors yeah whoever wins that. after kanamaru yeah so uh, whoever wins that so i and i don't know who that could be maybe an Eagles? i think kushida kushida oh yeah you get him Do back Hiromu kushida finally at dominion yeah because he was supposed to have that wrestle kingdom match so maybe I um, that, i think that's my smart choice and also that's probably your biggest junior match IWGP US title. I'm gonna assume Hiroshi Tanahashi is gonna to lose to Osprey, and it'll be Osprey be versus Kenny and- yeah, Osprey versus Lance. And I have to imagine it's gonna be Osprey. Osprey and Lance is gonna be great. I was I was talking about this earlier. That match in the uh, G1 when Lance Archer like became the, the yeah. whole Murdoch monster guy, and then you know left for AEW after. Um, that was a great match, and that was also when Osprey was becoming a heavyweight. Yep. So like it was like the perfect clash for those two. Um, and, that was a match that made me like watch Lance Archer and be like, "Holy shit!" This and Osprey's ch- ch- Osprey's like style has completely changed since then too. Mm. So that's yeah. Great. So that'll be a great Dominion match. Well, no, the match that match isn't the Dominion match. The Dominion match is the winner of that match against. No, that's why I meant. That's why Omega. I meant. The tournament match will be great. Yeah, at and Dominion. I, I have the to Forbidden admit- Door will be Osprey and Omega, obviously. Is Forbidden Door going to be Osprey Omega? Because I believe Dominion's going to be Osprey Omega. I don't no, think... Dominion's where the final set happens. No, I thought Dominion is where. Oh, let me look this up. Let me look this up. Let me find find the poster. First one that finds the poster win. Um... I I I oh I wasn't even trying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is the 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 logo like shows Dominion for our for. The finals? the finals okay yeah. okay then there we go then yeah then lance versus that is gonna be good and then you're right it'll probably then be forbidden door two you're probably right which makes sense 
which is that you know they did it at Wrestle Kingdom, they'll do it at AEW. That makes sense. Um, yeah. what, well, I mean, yeah, and then you know That's, the the poster's literally a, the Forbidden Door design, by the way. Beautiful. Oh yeah. Have sense. you noticed that? No, you're it's right. Like, I, you're the right. Door is behind Kenny. You're right. The, like, yeah. Are we getting an IWGP Women's Title on the show? I guess we'll find out next Dominion? week. Dominion? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, we'll. we'll I've been pretty set that'll be Shuri since Shuri lost the belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I said it back then. I think work her to to Dominion. She'd be the probably the right choice for that, and I think that's what we'll get. Do you think Mercedes um, is going to work Dominion? Maybe Forbidden Door too. I have no idea. I'm I'm not. I can't guess what Mercedes is gonna like. I I have guessed what Mercedes is gonna do. She's gonna get the Media Master match eventually. Um, someone made a good point. If they do Cyber Fight Festival, maybe that's where they actually do that rather than a TJPW show. Um, because that's their bigger show. Could they do it? Here's an idea. Could they do the Mia Yamashita Mercedes Monet match at the All Together event? I mean, they could. Um, I I won't say the only reason I won't say no is because I watched Mia Yamashita technically wrestle on a New Japan event, so that's true. It's not impossible. Yeah. Um, it's definitely possible. Who knows? Who knows? Um, and then you know, junior heavyweights, you got jet setters, they'll lose, but they'll be good. Yeah, I love Kevin Knight, he's so good. Yeah, he's very good. He's very, very oh, good. Clark Connors joined Bullet Club too. There's yep. another mm-hmm. thing which I have to imagine going into best of super juniors that puts him at a big favorite spot, which I am happy about. Me too. I like Clark Connors, and not, not just that, but I saw he also signed a, a contract of New Japan, so it's like he signed a contract, joined Bullet Club, and best of super juniors is around the corner. This guy's about to get pushed, so uh, we'll see how, where he goes. Deserve, deserve, deserve. He feels like he's in the um. Kind of like the Francesco Akira spot, though. Like a little. Like getting in last year. Yeah, I think I could see him winning Best of Super Juniors and losing yeah, at Dominion. I, I think that's... I just don't know if they do that match for Dominion. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's good enough for Dominion, but, I, you know, it is what it is. Maybe maybe wrestling... No, Romo's already there. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out, folks. Um, that is it for this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. I can feel my cold. I, can, I, I I had like allergies and turned into a cold, Scotty. That's what's happening here. I got to take actual cold medicine because I'm just like all nasally and gross and I'm falling apart over here. But beyond Don't me, fall apart. we need you. I appreciate it. Uh, beyond me, Scotty, anything to plug? Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, you can check out Stardom Road this week, Tuesday. Uh, me and Trent have a episode about Hameka coming out. That was, that happened before Trent went to Japan. So I don't think anything's out of date, but if there is, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think anything is. I think we, uh, we made sure to keep it all together, but uh, we'll check that one out. What else? What else? What else? This was kind of a big week for me, obviously with the stardom show. So like, Follow me at Scotty Wrestling on Twitter. I have a lot going on. I think I, I think I'm going live, including this show, like five or six to- different ways in the, in this upcoming week. Yeah. Also, our show next week I count, um, which of course eight o'clock, eight p.m. next Sunday, folks. Yes. Ring Post Radio nights. Yeah, baby. I have a nice glass of glass of red in my hand. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, Scotty knows the kind of animal that comes out for Ring Post Radio nights. Oh yeah. I put the knights in night C. 
as it were. Yeah. So, <laughs> what's your match of the week, Scotty? Uh, my match of the week. Hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Shout out, shout out to our boy. L- uh, let me, let me. Yeah. This, 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 this is it. Uh, we'll do El Hio del Doctor Wagner Jr. versus our boy Jack Morris. Yeah, baby. I haven't watched the main event yet for Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this match, like, was it was a standout match. I thought for Jack Morris. Yeah. Um, and I think Doctor Wagner Jr. Kid, whatever the fuck you want to call him, uh, <laughs> I think he's been really good too as a national champion. So. Yeah, he's been doing a great job. Jack Morris has been killing it. We gotta do it. We should do a follow up interview with him at some point. He's always in Japan. Come on, what, what, what's his problem? <laughs> he hasn't left in a while. <laughs> no, he has not. Remember, he, remember he told us he's like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna be there for a little bit. He's been there for like almost a year. Yeah, like he pretty much gave him the keys. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Knightsey. Follow the whole show at Count Up Pod. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast version of the podcast wherever you get your podcasts: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Store. I don't know wherever you get them. Wherever you listen, subscribe to the show. Leave a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. It really helps out the show in more ways than you think. It's just algorithm algorithms, baby. That's five stars helps out a lot. So if we would appreciate it, really appreciate it if you could do that. My match of the week is going to be Darby Allen versus Swerve from this past Dynamite. That was a really, really good match. It went three and three quarters. That was really, really good. Uh, I think Swerve and Darby are a great tandem. Uh, who would be surprised? And it makes me excited down the line. For Swerve and Nick Wayne on Dynamite. That that feels like a future world title match. It does. It does. And I can't wait for it. Um, that is it for this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. We will see you all next week, this upcoming Sunday, at 8 o'clock nighttime, PM, EST. Join us there. Ring Post Radio Nights, baby. Till then. Goodbye, everybody. Doctors take Field of Greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you, too much fast food and not enough exercise. That's why I take Field of Greens. The fruits and vegetables in Field of Greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This has been a Countout Podcast.